Hey everybody, welcome back to Dialogue Choices Podcast. It's been a while. I don't know what we this have, voice is that has. I'm doing. <laughs> why did you... Yeah, why? 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 Did, did April somehow change your, April your changed, accent all of a sudden? April, 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 April changed my nationality. <laughs> we just preferred to avoid the whole month because it's just, just one of those months, you know? See, what's the most clickbaity topic to start this with? Oh, do you have questions already? Uh, I mean, you gotta you gotta hit him with a zinger at the beginning to keep immediately. Him and like, man, good. I gotta listen to this two-hour podcast. They opened with that that zinger there, like how mm -hmm. Keith accidentally made a fursona. <laughs> did you accident? You did it on purpose, though. That wasn't no, accidental. No, it's I, I well. <laughs> how do I put this? Are you a furry? No, this this is it's confusing. I basically I kickstarted something. No, that's it's not, kick, a, it's not a Facebook relationship. I kickstarted status. something, <laughs> and the perk results. In, I, I I'm I'm gonna have a persona, I guess, or I'm gonna have a character that is named me, and is an animal, and it's in a printed book. <laughs> Lovely. Okay. It just I just it that's just like FOMO mechanics are really effective. Well, that's Wait, that not was a your, FOMO mechanic? That's not a fursona. Well, it's a Kickstarter perk. <laughs> oh. Right. But I was like, I don't want to... I mean, it's like it's like it's it's art for cheap. And and it's and it'll be like... It'll be nice. Because I'll be like, I'll have this book. And be like, hey, look. That little thing on it's that me. picture... That little thing on that page represents me. That's kind of nice. And it's like... do What, am I not pay $15 for that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so I just did it. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, it's a... Uh, well, that's that's not no, a persona, but it is going to be a character named is me that like is an anthropomorphic animal, which will be, which will be well, funny. Well, that doesn't matter. There's probably a million Listen, fucking we gotta send, hedgehogs. We got to sensationalize it, it so that people are like, oh my god, I can't believe that happened. I better watch this podcast. <laughs> well, it's that's a little bit too early in. on the podcast. Now Two I can, minutes in, and they're like, oh, no, okay, because now I can title <laughs> it that, and they're like, oh my god, what's this? What this? What's this hot jams that's going to happen here? Keith. Keith, they're listening to us right now. We have given the game away. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but no, the uh, well, the like... the upside of you of uh, of having an audience and saying from time to time that like I like these anthropomorphic characters and this thing and that thing and so on is that you get recommendations. And so, mm. what was it? Uh, so is it a book or is it a video game? Well, I found it on accident via via it's a Kickstarter. Because uh, what happened is another uh, a webcomic that I've already been reading due to audience suggestions was uh, Oren's Forge. And that's like, you can almost contextualize it as like a prequel to like Zootopia and Beastars where it's like, it's got the whole uh, predator and prey dynamic in, in society, but it's like completely in the wild. So it's like the first, it's essentially herbivores discovering society as a concept and like building weaponry and so on and realizing that they can like live somewhere and and defend it instead of hiding forever and running from all the the carnivores and so on and so it's just like a really well-drawn sort of disney style uh web comic that's been going on for years and i was like i kind of want to mm -hmm. support these things and then there's an announcement They're like hey we're gonna have a kickstarter and i'm like i wanted that so like i kickstarted that so I can get a print, uh, a physical copy of the book when it comes out to support that comic. Cause I like to support these web comics that I read all the time for free and so on. Like that's a, I have a, like a shelf of like printed web comics that I read for free before I bought them. 
Uh, and then in the, in the suggestions, it was like, "Hey, Rudek and the Bear Volume Two is in Kickstarter," and I looked at that, and it uh, it's like this, it's like the Soviet Polish border in the old times, like a border crossing agents sort of contextualized thing, with just a bunch of sad, tired looking animals, and it's a uh, this like sort of some sort of lighthearted, sort of grim comedy like, about that those kind of political situations and so on. And it's just like what, papers, a, what, please, a, but what with, an aesthetic, <laughs> what an aesthetic, what an yeah. idea for a comic. I don't know. I don't know how some of these things come to be. But then it was a uh, yeah, they had a uh, the, the Kickstarter had was going on for the next couple of days for volume two. And if you if you followed in that, you could get uh, the volume two print when it comes out. And then it's also you get it's the only way to get a print of volume one, which is out of print because it was kickstarted six years ago. And like these things mm. just come and go in, in no time. And then it's like, oh, for fifteen dollars more, you can have your, you can have a, a character in the this like ensemble, like Kickstarter backer page that where they draw everybody. And I'm like, I mean, I don't want to not have that. <laughs> and so now I have a, I'm gonna have a character. I don't know what they look like. <laughs> Did you choose the? All didn't right. even choose the animal. No, well, as as per last podcast, I chose a brown hyena. Oh, but that's all I really know. So there's gonna be a brown hyena named after me in the game. In the in the game, I call everything games. Why can't I stop? Yeah, uh, that's why the, I was confused. You said game some, somewhere in the in the book. So that'll be neat. Mm -hmm. So it's well. So wait. So you had an input on the yeah. animal. You do the Kickstarter, and then after so it is closes, you're like, "What do you want?" Oh, there's there is there was legit uh, text field for like link to your reference sheet for your OC. <laughs> like like there's definitely <laughs> that uh, target audience. But I was just like, I don't know, draw a brown hyena. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't have a fucking make, character. Make its ears cute, and that's all you have. That's all you need in a hyena. In my opinion, But did it do? But that's so, the path we fall into. I don't know. I... I As my descent yeah, into madness know. slowly over the course of being a, a public persona. Yeah, the art style is really cool. I just really like it reminds comics. me of it reminds me of a is it is this Disney art style or is it something else? Uh, it honestly, I mean, a lot of a lot of art in the, the world in general and also anthropomorphic characters in particular are often Disney inspired. Mm -hmm. Like because that's just your exposure to that kind of stuff. It's like you either. Uh, you either watch Disney shows like The Lion King and uh, and Robin Hood, I guess. I didn't. I never liked Robin Hood. Oh, Robin Hood. Hood is with animals as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's one that has the, like a fox and a bear. I I, I don't mm -hmm. I, can't, I don't remember any of it. I grew up watching Lion King a lot. That was like our go to. Uh, is there like like weirdly, despite how dark it is, it was like our like oh damn, we watched a scary movie with the kids. And now they have to be able to go to bed. So it was like our comfort mm -hmm. food movie as we'd watch Lion King as like a reset after a movie that was going to keep like make it hard to sleep. So we watched Lion King a lot of times, even though it's like fucked up Hamlet and Mufasa dies horribly and it's like a scarring movie and it's full of violence and nasty. And it's just a grim film. Uh, Wait, you watched movies after you watch scary movies yeah like when i was really young just a, a, a if i was really cleanser. if i was really young and they're like oh no he's gonna like our kids our kids aren't gonna be able to go to sleep like i was young and my brother's two years younger so like it was all in our first oh. house it was all when we when i was below 10 so he would have been below eight 
And like Lion King was for some reason our like reset so that we would like forget about the scarring thing or whatever that might make us not go to bed. <laughs> it was hmm. for some reason like the routine. Weird. And then the, then you grew up with like huh. Banjo Kazooie and shit. And then the internet comes around and, and, I... and it's like you, you liking these characters. It's weird now. And to be fair, the furries made it weird. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, anthropomorphized you're, you're... animals are not inherently a problem. It's people who find them to be sexually charged. You, you constantly draw a weird line. And there's also like different le levels. Like there's people that like just grow up and they like, oh, now adult themes are a part of my life. And also still the animal characters are part of my life. And they like mix the two a bit. But then there's like really using strange things that you get you just find online sometimes and you're like i okay this is a lot <laughs> admittedly so, admittedly I I... some of it's also stuff that's not like inherently furry it's like like i like i learned from yakuza it's like oh diaper people this is oh thing diaper people, people do huh <laughs> like there's a mission that involves diaper people in one of the yakuza games and you're like i what the fuck yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. But it, but often feels like. I think they have a name for themselves. I don't want to yeah. know. <laughs> I, I, I don't need to know. That, but it yeah, often this feels like the fucking, the fucking furries are like embracing it or spearheading it half the time with some of the weirder shit. Which I mean. Uh, yeah, there's probably go ahead. I guess probably at least a faction. <laughs> but right? Jesus Christ. There. Yeah, I don't know. I have a. It's one of those kind of like the tree's kind of bad. We have to start over <laughs> kind of things where like I and the performed by his animals are a really great concept for as a, like as a great vehicle to tell stories that are hard to do with humans. Because, uh, you know, again, you're you're separating like that's why Lion King works a lot better as a kid's movie than like fucking Hamlet <laughs> does. It's because like you can. You can contextualize certain subjects a lot more uh, accessibly using animals uh, because human like almost well, ex except for the people that we know aren't good humans. Most of everyone can empathize with animals. It's very difficult to like ha feel nothing for an animal. Uh, so you can put them in situations that are, you know, precarious or painful or whatever. And you'll be like, oh, my God. Whereas you can see a person and go like. Fuck that Shut guy, up. honestly. I don't really care. I think, <laughs> like, I think the biggest uh, impact is that it allows for you to simplify the issues. Like when Scar... I say this, I've never watched Lion King. When Scar... Um, I'm terrible. <laughs> when I Scar watched Lion throws, King, but here's my breakdown of my hot take about the Lion King. Yeah, yeah here's my <laughs> hot take. When Scar throws Mufasa down the hill into the giraffes or whatever, the feeling that, that you get as a young child or even as an adult is simplified. It's like... That that thing is evil. That hyena or whatever. Is it a lion? It's a lion. Uh, looks like a hyena. Yeah, they're all lions. Uh, so yeah, that lion is evil. It looks so like a hyena you... to you? <laughs> they have long what? faces. It's weird. I, 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 I can only draw from memory. The thing I've with no spots and a mane. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. I'm, I'm thinking a little bit better now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the point is, the like point is that you ask Colonel to identify animals, you better be prepared. You simplify in your Lion head King because... Jokes. You know, you know, it's a it's a story like it's inherently part of a story because it's an animal like that. But if you have people doing the same things, then a more grown up 
person might start asking questions about, you know, all the real life questions that you ask when a situation like that happens about, you know, socioeconomics or upbringings or uh, what, what it reflects on the overall community of what kind of person it is, all sorts of issues that are really, really completely erased when it's an animal. And then conversely, when you're a kid and you're watching that, and if you see a person doing that, those questions don't don't pop into your head because you're not mature enough. So it just t may teach you the wrong lessons. And that's why things like uh, queer representation being majorly done through through villains is a problem. Uh, yeah. And of, yeah, of course, a result of... You guys probably know as well, but... The the Hays Code, yeah, yeah, at least it in the U.S. The, but it was of course, the, it, yeah, it was, it was the paradox of like, it was basically just you were just weren't allowed because of the self-policing Hays Code of how movies were produced. You weren't allowed to have any LGBT characters in your films at all, basically. But uh, the one the one kind of loophole that you can get away with was that you could have the villains be queer coded. And oftentimes they just were just never confirmed to be gay, but every single mannerism and character trait was about like gay stereotypes and so on. Uh, and that was mm -hmm. part of how you would, it's like a mixture of like some people would use it because they'd villainize the characters by making them seem effeminate or gay because that was mm -hmm. seen as like a negative trait. Although it's some, a recurring loop sort of. Yeah. Thing although in well. some cases yeah. it was also people using it as like a loophole to essentially uh, get like like they could essentially get their representation in there by ha using the one tool available to them uh and it's like oh i can make a gay character but all i have to do is you know just kind of like make them do something wrong and then have them get their comeuppance at the end and therefore they're like punished for being a villain but i get to have a gay character and it's like it's kind of back and forth based on the perspective of the particular like director and writer and so on and sometimes the director and writer would have two very different ideas of what the point of the gay character was because one would be villainizing them and one would be like yes i got him in uh, <laughs> yeah because that was like the only it's... way to get a character like that but that's why that's why so many villains are queer coded and why especially like you have scar and ursula from disney stuff which was past well past the Hayes code but because they're repeating tropes of the entire uh, medium that have been around for decades that's why those characters are queer coded and like ursula is a drag queen and scar is a gay man like just very very coded that way wait scar yeah. is didn't he yeah D didn't scar try to get with simba's yeah mom? but every single part of his personality is queer coded that's just that's just really confirmed well, the, yeah they they usually it's not uncommon for for characters like that to just I... have the throwaway uh what the no there's a there's like a tropey name that you call it when is it the home the no homo yeah it's the no homo it's scene the, where you're like oh no, no. it's you know a, what I mean? as as plinkett put it everybody's got a case of the not gays that's the one <laughs> they had to establish yeah. the scene of like it's like every I, single character is a scene like looking at or kissing a girl and like or like they describe the ship as a girl that they want to like grab the the ship boobs of <laughs> Because you gotta like, you gotta establish everyone as straight, even if there's no woman to straight them with. <laughs> Just it's what? contagious. The straight. Meanwhile, the ship. Meanwhile, the shippers like are like, you, you... I, I am more powerful than this. I, I know. Like, <laughs> I can just call. That, I can just call that a beard. <laughs> there's no. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many layers. I, I feel like. Yeah. It. I don't. I don't know if I can think of Ursula. As a more interesting character, who's, when they're not who's Ursula, the way they are, the the wit 
like witch, I guess, from Little Mermaid. I mean, she's um, a well-realized oh, yes. character. She's really well done, but she's also explicitly based on. She's uh, yeah, she's, she's like she's explicitly she has like, based such on a good character. Like, hmm. I don't even know who that is, but it's, famous drag queen, maybe. Like, it's such it's such a fun character. Like, I don't, I don't know. I guess I never. I guess I don't consider Disney villains like truly uh, evil creatures. They're like cartoonishly evil, right? Well, that's the simplification like, that Ursula I was talking is, about. Ursula is literally a threat to nobody at this point, except for people who are like selfish. Like, who is Ursula harming? She doesn't actively like attack the fucking mermaid kingdom. She just uh, lives in a fucking cave with two eels all she, like, day. <laughs> like, that's all she does. What happened to that movie? Didn't she like kind of kill temporarily her dad or something? I have no idea. Yeah, because he tried to he tried to like she was uh, a reverse sea, she was a spell a or something. He was he was something he, was happening in that. Yeah, but he was willing to sacrifice himself to get his daughter back, and that was the problem. Like, but she again, she wasn't actively she didn't like show up to the palace and like shit all over it. She literally just stood stood in her little cave, and some people would come there like, oh, I want this one wish. And they'd be like, okay, but here's the contract, and it sucks, so don't break it. And it's like, oh, no, I broke it, and now I have to turn into a thumb in the ground. <laughs> a thumb? Like, what? That's what, she had these, like, she had these, like, shriveled-up-looking fucking thumb-looking people. Oh, no. You don't remember oh, that? Yeah, I watched it, as you might imagine. See, little I'm terrible. I, 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 I think the only... The only movie, the only Disney movies, animated oh, movies God, that I've Goobers. watched are... Are frozen and entangled. Yeah, dude. Yeah, there's not, like a, bu there's like, like a bunch of crazy. little snot they do goobers. Look like... I don't know about thumbs, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they're goobers. Let me look up Ursula Goobers. They look like they look like dried up thumbs. They, look at they that look head. Like, I don't know. They, they look like, like what I imagine it looks like when you clean somebody's ear out. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not <laughs> checking oh, no. ear canal. Don't don't do that. No. Anyway, really gross. this is like the worst. They look that's, like the that's the worst. Like she's the ever oil done. monster from Ferngully. You don't. You haven't found the name for them yet. <laughs> uh, because people could look up, look up. Scrap we, all you know, podcasts. Is a thing that's scrap? coming up. Um. What? What? The, what the fuck? I'm just doing what? image searches. So this this one thing this thing just like, came up. It says sperms and conditions may apply, <laughs> and it says an image from that. I'm like, I don't think this is related. <laughs> what the fuck? Hmm. Her collection of polyps hang around the main entrance to her lair. I guess the, I guess they're called polyps. Polyps. In the movie. Oh, those are yeah, those are um, ocean things. Gross. Hold on. Let's Behavior go miserable. Love, what do you fearful. How, how do you mean uh, gross? You love the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> those things are i mean those things are Anyways, super gross the uh they are they are very gross but either way like that's her only threat to, to, to <laughs> this underwater world is people sign shitty contracts with her which is like okay sure that's literally every lawyer in in the Andrew's planet coming in here with but the like, fucking ursula did nothing wrong hot takes <laughs> oh there's a lot of that i'm though. not saying she didn't do anything wrong she did a lot of things wrong i'm just saying she wasn't like she's not you know the most evil creature no, ever spawned. But there's a lot of that though. The, like the because the thing the thing with the simplification just, though she, is that a lot of the times and that's why people sympathize with characters like these, not just because of other issues. It's just that because the stories are simplified, sometimes you can just look at it from a different perspective. And a story that was like, oh, the good king was trying to save the princess becomes 
the this oppressor ty- oppressive tyrant is just a jerk and needs to be oh brought yeah down a peg it's like something. how scar is contextualized as the villain of lion king and like he is but like is simba good is, is the fucking kingdom of weird carnivores that rule over this entire landscape of herbivores and are going to con- like what they're all bowing to someone that's going to like consume them <laughs> like what is what is the good read of the of the What's intro the like, as a My kid God, yeah. as a kid you don't think about it very much but older when you're older you're like what is this what is this world how does this work out for anybody yeah that's that's definitely the case maybe that whiplash explains some of the weird fascination with uh with herbivore carnivore like stories that keep that seem to keep happening lately because of the fact that like all like all of us oh, grew cool. up with like the same lion king movie and we're like hang on a minute all those gazelles and elephants why are they chill <laughs> why are they chill with what's going on here they're gonna get eaten <laughs> What do you mean the price of I housing think it's just can an easy, go down? I think it's just a really easy line to draw. Like one one <laughs> pe- one set of people is not going to get uh the whole fucking know, also, the whole fucking movie is about some fucking like birthright dispute. Like who gives yeah. a fuck? That's <laughs> very biological wow, determinism. I, I mean, How relatable. Basically, I <laughs> I think there's actually a little bit more than just the birthright. There's like a balancing act. Like, the idea is that, you know, Simba's family weren't tyrants. They wouldn't just eat everything that walked. They weren't? But Scar was like, fuck it, eat everything all at once right now. And then, like, the fucking jungle basically died. That, that was, like, the whole crux of the story. That is, like, story. some creepy, like, race essentialism kind of going on, yeah, too. Yeah, that's, that's the issue. I mean, there was a scene... There's a scene where Scar's literally sitting on a mountain and all of the hyenas are Nazi yeah, like walking through the goddamn is, like, jungle. Like, come on, the, the, guys. The coding like, of the hyenas is like, oh but no. That's the coding. This is a bummer. That's the coding. It's not in the in the text. Like, they're all framed as being Nazis. But it, but, but you know specifically, it's like, oh, <laughs> lions, those are the lions are good and they're the, the the good, rightful, holy lead, leaders of society that will do no wrong. But you feel that fucking hyenas be in charge, they will destroy everything. So I guess you should just exterminate all hyenas as a race, apparently, because they cannot be allowed well, they, to they thrive. Try. And then it's they, like, but it's they like, put them, like, in, they is, they put them in the boneyard where there's literally no. Yeah, you, look they at, you, look at, you look at all like, these. You're like, these are worrying themes, actually. And the worst thing is that an entire race can be wrong, and you should never disrupt the uh, the the hierarchy of the current inheritance structure and power. That's the moral of Lion King. Good movie. The worst thing is they they yeah, literally pull the the like, the whole the trope. The hyenas are the real Nazis thing with the subtext. I like how the thing that Disney no. has in common with Dark Souls is that the most dangerous force in the world is gravity. <laughs> Because <laughs> like they never, because D- Disney yeah. Disney keeps writing narratives where people have to die, but they never want to like, you know, like stab yeah. somebody and slowly watch the life draw like drawing drain drain from their eyes. It's always like, yeet, <laughs> and like it's like every <laughs> fucking villain yeah, falls off a cliff over and over and over again. Sometimes it's do a fire cliff or just uh, another cliff. Do you remember Snow White? No. Snow White also falls. They threw a fucking boulder on her. <laughs> they literally just threw a boulder on the fucking oh witch, dude. Like, the, all the all the dwarves are just like, yeet, and then the rock just fell on top of her it, and she died. It's pretty I was funny like, to me. That's how they that, killed her. It's fucking brutal, it's dude. Be, that's a brutal way to murder it's, somebody. It's funny to me that <laughs> like, crushing is like one of the most violent and horrifying deaths 
you could think of essentially but it's, visually I mean, besides it's very, drowning i don't want to go any other but way like visually like, it's very clean <laughs> so you're like oh yeah just crush them under yes, a boulder you can't it's see like anything. they're there for one second they're gone for the next second it's just a clean if, dismissal if you want to be like cartoonish very about it but also like if you if you splatter somebody it ain't no clean. but in but like, in the cartoons it's, a pretty it's always messy just like, affair Oop. like wow they got crushed yeah. wow they got yeah yeeted. well yeah I got a kick out of that. I think Ursula got like, didn't Ursula get electrocuted to death? She died. Like, I don't even remember. I, have no idea. He, I don't remember if she I died. Remember that, I think I'm, she. I'm, but I, I'm pretty sure the she. The main got thing about the turnabout of Lion King of like how oh first good guy fall off cliff and die, then bad guy fall off cliff and die. Morality, <laughs> and like that's the, like that's that's Not, uh, that's the that's the two major deaths of the movie essentially besides you know the world or whatever. But like, I haven't watched any of the Disney remakes because I like making like taking all the fun of a live act of a. Oh God! What happened? Oh, I forgot. No, he fucking the prince drives a boat into her. <laughs> he literally just drives a fucking boat and stabs her, like impales her in the stomach with the front of the wow. boat. Wow. Jesus Christ! That's, oh my God! It's intense. <laughs> He literally ripped her intestines apart by just jamming a I, boat inside. Do you of her. think that the animators look? He he went through her. The boat is through her. Do you think? Oh my do god! Do you think that the animators sit down before animating and being like, okay, so how is she gonna die? I know. Let's impale her I with mean, the yes. boat. You, you presumably figure out what's gonna happen <laughs> I, in the movie before you animate it. So yes. Well, yeah. Before before anything, like the most be, important though. thing you have to do is figure out how you're going to kill somebody because there's one it's very easy to know if that's not going to work you can just walk up to a guy and there's a fucking guy sitting in a room in this fucking giant building and no one talks to him except this one time <laughs> and they ask can i put this on a child's cartoon and he will go fucking no you can't <laughs> and that will be it and they'll go back and they'll they'll change it and they're like nope the censor said it's going to make it a pg rating and that's not no dice there's, there's been a lot of like horrifying do deaths that. in in children's cartoons as a result of trying to censor death essentially and making it less horrifying uh like, that makes like, more sense yeah. fucking who framed roger rabbit has two yeah. of the most horrifying like deaths where like the shoe gets like is like screaming and writhing and gets the cartoon shoe is like getting melted and paint thinner by this guy that's like fucking back to the future guys just lowering yeah. him in and i think back to the future guy gets literally steamrolled like like completely oh, flattened no. while screaming and writhing under a steamroller and you're like oh my god but I was, yeah. I was thinking about the disney cliffs because i was at my I, dad's house like I, a few months ago the... and they just randomly had the lion king re no not lion king Jungle Book remake? One of the downsides mm. of making these all live action remakes is that all the animal ones look like the same movie, especially if I've never watched any of them yet because I don't want to. But I, I was like, <laughs> oh, there's a bunch of wolves and there's a tiger on this cliff. That can't end well. <laughs> it's a cliff in a, in a Disney movie. And like seconds later, the fucking tiger just digs in claws deep into the fucking wolf and just yeets him off the cliff and just silently like that character that character's just out of the movie and i'm like he seemed kind of important that's like a really traumatically abrupt and brutal <laughs> fucking death the camera didn't even like do the like the mufasa scar camera angle of looking down as they slow motion fall like to be sad for a moment about like the bad thing that's happening it's just like silently and abruptly just dispatched this like seemingly main character just right off the cliff without <laughs> even cutting to follow them going off the cliff and you're like oh my god that was, oh yeah the uh 
Tarzan guy got hung. Oh no! Oh, yeah, it was like an wasn't it like slightly implied. The, the Tarzan like, villain like yeah because well he was like falling and the vines were wrapping oh around him. Oh my god! Him. Yeah, that and is then like it like goes like a and it's nightmare. thunder and lightning in the background, so it cuts to oh, like yeah, I've seen the, that you, scene, you can't, the camera's following him falling, and then it just falls to the ground, but he doesn't arrive, and then you hear like a. <gasps> And then it thunderbolts, and you can see him hanging in the background with like a little shadow. <laughs> like, fuck, dude. As a kid, you probably don't notice it because it's just a fucking quick second, and you don't know what suicide <laughs> is. So you have no concept of what just happened to this guy. But it's like, hardcore. you watch his adult, you're like, did that guy fucking get hung? Oh my God. <laughs> like, that guy's dead. Especially because <laughs> accidental hangings are like. For kids specifically, I remember being a kid, and every time well, I was playing with a. But again, is it. As a kid, you're not noticing the sound that you're hearing is oh, the yeah. sound of someone's neck snapping. You have no concept of what that means. Yeah. But as an adult, I, you're like, they, oh, they probably oh, didn't God. put oh, a God. neck snapping in. If anything, it was like the vine tension or something. Like vine noises. Well, yeah, but that's the sa- that's supposed to be the sound of like That'd the neck snapping. That'd be like a step too far, I think, would be actually they didn't do like a neck snap in your, in your children's movie. No, I'm saying that's, no, that's, that's yeah. used as the sound of neck snapping is the sound of a, like of rope snapping they they put the sound of neck snapping they just didn't do a very good job of making it realistic no basically yeah i'm saying that they put the sound of vines like snapping tight but i'm saying that that is also that's the the folly for making the sound of a neck snap is using rope and snapping it that's the so it's like it's a double yeah yeah yeah, like it's it's like a twist like the they're not putting the sound of someone's neck snapping they're putting the sound of the vine snapping which happens to also be used like the sound of, as a common replacement for the sound of neck like, snapping. Like the sound of swords clashing is just, you know, some pens in a, Cause, in a cause, thing. Cause, yeah, because your your neck doesn't snap like bones. It's no, like, no, there is one bone that breaks <laughs> yes. when hang, uh, hanging occurs. There's one specific bone that breaks. And it's, well, not all the time, but most of the time. And it's usually used to see if somebody was indeed hang or hung. Wait, which one is it? Hung is for the balls. Hang is for, hang is for the <laughs> neck. <laughs> right. It's a good way to I know English. It. I'm good. Hung is for the balls. I don't think it refers to the balls, no. Almost. Oh, no, it's for the You're other close, neck then. But... It's both necks then. Okay. So, the yeah, so hanged. When, when somebody is hanged, uh, wow, 90% you're... of the time there's one bone. Wow, you're hanged like a horse. <laughs> yeah. I knew I wasn't saying it right. <laughs> I, I thought it was for the balls. I'm sorry. No, uh, oh, it's, it's not the uh, balls, but it's near, it's close to the balls. Yes, yes, I understand. I I, people, I understand usually, the logistics of it. Usually, it, people, it's usually not a, uh, like when I talk about dudes, it's usually not a balls measuring contest. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I never, I've never used this, uh, this verbiage in common conversation they would, is all. They would need much more sophisticated measuring units and techniques. No, you don't. Just do a squat. I just mean like it's that's like more confusing shape to have to measure. To get like oh. any kind of conclusive thing out of like what the fuck? Measuring balls? <laughs> Lowest the topics point. we've gotten today. Did I say did I say striped hyena or brown so hyena for, earlier? You said brown mi- hyena. Okay. It's a brown I keep mixing hyena. them up. I was I was like slightly like, did I say striped hyena because they have stripes on accident again? Anyway, they don't have stripes. The point I was trying to make. Brown hyenas have stripes, but striped hyenas it. are all stripes. But I meant brown yeah. hyena. Oh yeah. yeah. 
the point I was trying to make is that uh, Disney movies using animals is <laughs> makes sense. It's, that... it's, it's a good it's a good use. You, you, uh, used, you, you, you get I almost entirely that... examples of humans dying horribly. <laughs> I did, I did. Uh, for context, uh, in Hunchback, the main villain dies by falling off a ledge, too. So it is a, a trope enough. That's it. Oh, yeah, Hunch Hunchback's uh, the horrifying one. That's, the, that's one of the darkest Disney movies, but also has, like, the guy, like, yeah. falling, screaming into, like, a flame vortex. <laughs> which, like... Yeah, yeah, he basically falls Which, like, he was hell. one of the more distressing yeah. villains, too. Where you're like, oh, this guy's a fucking creep. Yeah. A little bit too close to home. Uh, he's pretty... He's pretty. He's like just human. He's just a that's normal what human makes it guy. Bad. Like that's the problem. That's what <laughs> makes it bad when you go and watch Alien. Yeah, you don't be like, oh but, no, this thing. But like, but yeah. So, but the problem, I, I don't, I, I don't really, I don't like that. There's this huge, uh, cancerous tumor attached to anthropomorphic animals. I think that is just like all the sexual stuff. I think. Because it's like it it is I don't know. It's actually I, kind of it's kind of crazy head, how old to, I, the animal stuff is, like societally. You have like the Aesop's fables yeah. and so on, and like these are like they're all animals behaving with agency and dialogue and teaching lessons and so on. And there's like some other one. There was a uh, what was it? Because Stephanie was Stephanie mm. was talking about how they're 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 replacing uh, Splash Mountain to be princess and the frog because and i didn't know this for a long time yes. but splash mountain is based on uh song of the south song of the south mm. yeah unfortunately it's Br rabbit and uh, uh mm -hmm. rabbit is from yeah, the song and, uh, i think it was just the, the animals uh, from it which was like yeah. maybe the less worrying yes. part. i've never seen song of the south but uh but like she says that like uh, she was talking about that no Br'er rabbit's a Br'er rabbit's yeah. a problem but she <laughs> was talking about how like i guess the animals themselves from Song of the South were like a not Aesop's fables, but like a different like series of another of, of ancient yeah. like animal uh like morality tales yes. and so on. It's like there's been so many there's so many versions it's of It's from the it's I believe it's called the Tale of Brer yeah. Rabbit. Like that I think that's the I believe that's the source. It's such like a, uh, it's such but like yeah, a it's universal a completely different stories, which so is why it, to represent your well, your stories this and way. And so that's what the uh mm -hmm. the Splash Mountain is more closely tied to that story than it is song of the south um for very obvious reasons because that's the one they don't talk about oh, like yeah. splash mountain was made way after song of the south came out and was a problem i was for people. A, i was so kind of a, like they I were like kind of oh i got a great like, idea how long i would hear about uh like the zippity doodah song and uh splash mountain as concepts and just I probably encountered them dozens, if not hundreds of times without any mention that they had anything to do with Song of the South. And so I just Zippity thought, doo is, I just yeah, thought they existed. Song of the South? Yeah. Yes. Oh. He sings it with yeah, the bird. That's like, like the famous use of that song. Is it, oh, I yeah. think I think I've what? seen. Yeah, it's I think from I've seen that about movie. And it's like, oh, I didn't yeah. know that for I've seen Song of the South. God, I grew up with it. Jeez. Like I watched it multiple times because it was it was great. Like <laughs> the little animals are all having a story and stuff. You just you like as a kid, you don't care about the the context of like the guy being a slave. Like that's I didn't even know what that like I had no idea that was happening. Yeah, that's the same thing. All all my childhood brain ingested was the animals. <laughs> yeah, that's but that's definitely part of the well, problem. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like But it's the same same but, thing like, with the, the if you strip go ahead, sorry. 
if you take the movie, you cut out all of the live action portions and you go like, oh, these are all problematic. You chop it all up and you kind of fill in the blanks with more animal stuff. You'd have a fine movie. How fine. I wonder how many of the like, animal parts are worrying too. Yeah. Uh, the, the story of Br'er Rabbit is a worrying story. <laughs> it's not like, it's not great. Uh, it, it's a It's a story about a really shitty person uh, doing really shitty things to people who don't deserve to be treated really shitty. <laughs> um, and like it rewards him for it until it doesn't. And then again, at the end of the story, it's like, he still gets, he basically just dies. Like, mm. <laughs> like Brer Rabbit just dies. Cause he's a shitty person and no one goes to help him. I wonder when I, when I, with some it's of like, these old media great. things, it's, I kind of wonder like if, which, 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 which racism things are going to be like, Gonna, are gonna feel relevant or like i don't know or impactful versus which ones are like confusing because like there's like yeah. a certain brand of old racism where you're like i'm i'm confused i need somebody to explain to me what's going on here because yeah because what the fuck like what being is, able to identify it is difficult if you're not the victim of the of racism in that way like the, things like even David, simple things like, like the like, I was just oh, thinking sorry, that, like, David J. Bradley made a video recently about the Marx, uh, the Marx Brothers, right? Hmm. That's the people, if I remember I correctly. Uh, Marx Brothers. I only yes, know those Marx are real people. The... Okay. That's where, like, hmm. Groucho is from, which is the famous, like, the Groucho glasses where people have, this, like, disguise glasses where it's a glasses oh, and that. a big nose and a mustache. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the Marx Brothers. And, like... Of all things, they had this just incredibly strange th thing where I think across multiple movies, they had a running gag that was it was weirdly racist, but also in a like a confusing way where it's like one of them was a musician, I think. And he'd like hop into some like minority community and play the flute or whatever, and everyone would be enraptured with them. And he'd instantly become like this like hmm. deity like figure to their entire society because he like played a few notes on a flute or something and i'm like i don't understand what's happening yeah. in this i know something's wrong <laughs> here but i'm like i don't even know the motivation here i don't know why it was supposed to be funny in context but i also don't know it's also such a bizarre form of racism that i can't fully understand what i'm even looking at right now because it's not like any of the tropes that have persisted it's just a really you're just looking at it. And you're like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. What, why have you done this to me? <laughs> why have you put this in front of me? Yeah. I don't know how so to process what's happening. Yeah, I think that's that's where it's really, really an indictment of whoever came up with that because it if it doesn't serve the purpose of of uh, you know being funny or telling a story, then it's just you know uh, say saying hi to other racist people who like that. It's like it's it's the it's when it's really obvious. But if, that, it, but if it's such a but if it's such an obscure form of racism, well, I mean, like who today are, it's an who obscure are you form even of... serving at that point? You're just creating a yeah, but creating a weird nugget but, of yeah. Like, I don't think, it, I don't think it, it was obscure at the time. I think it was yeah, the yeah, kind yeah, of that's... thing where like it was just kind of like a trope being repeated uncritically at the time, and like, but like why and how did this happen? And like that's the really confusing part because it's like it's one of those things that were through a modern lens. It's completely incomprehensible <laughs> what was happening. <laughs> Yeah. Like, am, yeah. I, like, am I supposed to think that black know. people are like, like snakes? Like that one repeat recurring cartoon trope where somebody would play a flute at a at a vase and a snake rises out because it has magic hold over them. Like, is that 
is that what this is that is it that but with black is that is that what they're is going that middle for? eastern well that's isn't what i mean like a, i mean also like is that like is it like are we supposed to like is there like a weird outdated form of racism well, where people remember, thought just a flute would just like tame them like what the fuck is this well but remember there's also there's also the like the pied piper that's like a thing Wasn't he like a child napper or something i don't remember the child pied piper yeah child napper like a kid. Yeah, the the pipe the like pipe the pipe pipe flute would play and then a flute, and the flute would cause people to and they'll die or something. Oh. Yeah. Yes. So not good. So like it could just be that I don't I like I don't know it. I mean, if you don't, hmm. if you can't, if you I, I if you hear if somebody mentions like an old story character, and you can you don't know what it is, you can usually just guess that it's a child predator. That's like most. Hmm like historical stories because it's like step one of making story for uh in this kind of format is as a morality tale is like you're just trying to make your kids not get eaten or st or taken or go off cliffs yeah. or whatever like you're just desperately yeah. trying to come up with metaphors for your kids to not die disney does definitely a very good job trying to not get the kids to go off cliffs <laughs> That's that's definitely their priority, uh, right? I don't there. I don't know about that. Yeah, that's the that that's number one that's number one thing to teach you in Disney movies. Cliffs are really dangerous. <laughs> do you know Do you know how in other movies, every time somebody dies I, by falling off a cliff, <laughs> a cliff later on they show up. Aha! You thought I was dead. In Disney, that never happens. That's a, <laughs> that's a soap opera. But yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Like you die, you die by falling off a cliff. I didn't die. Like, no, no. In Disney, no, no. He died. He died. <laughs> I like that this wrapped back around explaining all of Disney in one fell swoop. That wasn't even my intention. But it's like, yeah, like the key, so many Disney movies function as, yo, kids, cliffs are bad. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Did they? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Disney, they... does Disney have a general? I, I feel like Disney doesn't have a general theme either, though. No, There's, yeah. They're like, mm. if you if you look story to story, they all have weird messages. Like, what's the fucking message of Little Mermaid? Did anybody fall off like, a cliff? Abandon your Mermaid? family, follow your dreams. Like, what the fuck? What kind of weird message is that? She literally just says, fuck being a mermaid. I don't want to do it. I'm going to go live with some, the first man I find and get away from my controlling father. I Thanks, Disney. I guess I'll keep that in mind next time I need to Do you think that's, need a, that's the... I never watched it, but I've, a, I've seen other reads that are a little bit more <laughs> obscure and metaphorical than that. <laughs> What is what is fucking Notre or uh, Hunchback of Notre Tom? Uh, sorry that you're ugly, but that doesn't mean people have to hate you. But you still have to be alone. Like you can't be around people, sorry but they won't ugly. hate you. That's Jesus. unfair. Like, like what is Hunchback of Notre Dame's fucking message at all? It's literally just a guy it, who lives in a. He just a guy who lives in a fucking bell tower who rings this stupid fucking bell is a hu ugly hideous monster and everyone keeps him up there. But one girl, a person that is of a type of people who are persecuted constantly by every European nation, uh, Bonnie. like yeah. comes in at Romani? Roma, Roma, what? yeah, Romani, Romani. Roma. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the word I is. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to say any of them because every time it's I probably say one, I imagine it's like it's just yeah. It's probably wrong and racist. Yeah, they, but they specifically they yeah. know who they are because they're the they're the people that always get persecuted. Yeah, the ones that Europe, yeah. The, uh, based on. Yeah, she shows up uh, and goes like, "Oh, hey, Kajit. ugly guy." That's... I think Kajit are North African Muslim people, specifically. I don't know. Have you seen the, the Have you seen their voice? Uh, yeah. I don't know. 
I don't know. There's, I mean, it's the it's Either the tropes way, all mixed up into one. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I played, I played. It's just a girl who, fucking yeah, Oprah Din. I'm bad at guessing the stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's Oprah Din is great. The average That's comment it. of Oberdin was basically All "Be the... more racist." You're not guessing people's races good enough. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, what's the message? What's the message of Lion King? I th- I think the you deserve to be you deserve whatever you uh, like you deserve whatever well, I, your dad I went tells into, you like, you the do. Mess that is where it's like, like, what is the morality here? Why yeah, is everybody like, cool? With the, with what the is morality of Snow White? The problem the the like, problem with the morality of Disney movies in general is that by the time they finish the movie any uh, bit of the original script is already completely re- recontextualized. Like not, the even, not even just King... that, but they're also adapting ancient stories exactly, and then like standing exactly. off some of the edges there. And sometimes the edge was the point. And also yeah. sometimes the like entire the point Notre of the story is wildly irrelevant by now and it, and like outdated to begin mm-hmm. with. And it's so adapting it is just a weird choice. Mm-hmm. Like in Mulan, the latest one. That's what's so noticeable about... Uh... Well, in Mulan's case, they straight up uh, failed to they adapt their could. own movie. They failed to adapt. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not the it's not that the original movie's outdated. It's that they completely failed to remake their own film. Uh, but like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like that, that's what's so noticeable about a movie like Zootopia is that suddenly you're like, oh, suddenly Disney's movie is making like a new film that's actually modern and it like it has it does have morals and a point and metaphor that it actually is relevant to society instead of just being like the 17th regurgitation of the same story getting more <laughs> unrecognizable every time until you don't even know what goes on anymore like i don't even like is it is it better or worse to do the version of the story where the mer- where the little mermaid turns into sea foam and dies at the end like i don't know what's the moral of any of the versions of the story <laughs> is that the original one that sounds awful yeah, that's what that's what happens to her. I, I don't I, remember my the argument context, is though. I don't think I don't think Disney movies have a moral. I think they are just stories for st- like they are just stories the, that tell a story. The driving I, point. Like there's a lesson I guess you can you maybe can learn from like don't be like that guy, but it's not like they're trying to they're not telling yeah. you anything at the end of yeah, it. Yeah, I think you're right. Like but I the driving point is ironic, always, they like, are ironically the fu- almost exclusively like, adaptations of mor- of morality tales. Yeah, yeah, yeah but like but seriously tell me who like tell me who snow white is who the fuck is this character who what is it because she just shows up goes i like singing oh now i have to run and i ate an apple now i slept the whole movie like f- fuck all right cool who's the main character the dwarves <laughs> like what they're the they're victims here they're like more victims than Snow White. They just had like a random person show up on their doorstep. They had to deal with like a fucking witch and po- like a hunter and poison apples. Like they had to deal with a whole bunch of shit. Poor guys. And at the end, they don't get anything. She just gets a prince and leaves off in her happy life. And they're just like, fuck, thanks for paying for your f- your share of the food. Appreciate it. That was cool. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the abrupt edit in the podcast where Discord fucked up for like 10 minutes straight. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. we fixed it. So conversation's pretty dead and we have to start over from scratch at the moment. I don't know. I think, what am I thinking? Wait, do we what have am a I thinking about this we time? Have... What? We have a question? Uh, yeah, we have some questions, I guess. Hmm. Was it... you... The question is, do you have them at hand? What is at hand? It's on the Internet. It's not. That's not the hand. 
But also, I've been reading a lot of indie comics lately because that's what we were talking about earlier to some extent. Mm -hmm. That's what spawned this whole discussion weirdly. Uh, what is it? Uh, what is the ACAB comic place called? Shit. <laughs> I don't know. Shit. Uh, a San comic Francisco place. Indie Comics. Oh. What is that place? Silver Sprocket. There we go. Uh, was it Stephanie turned me on to Silver Sprocket, which is an indie web com It's an indie comic printing place that has a store in San Francisco that she orders from and so on. And it's it's especially indie. Like they they sell like pamphlet comics, basically, that are like 20 pages of just like paper folded and stapled in the middle. And it's like they're like 10 inches. No, they're like they're probably like six to eight inches tall, like like postcard mm. size. You just page the room yeah. and so on. And they uh they just have like a really even pricing structure. Like on the back of them, they just have like five dollars written on it manually. <laughs> it's like it's like <laughs> buy this at the store for five bucks. I, I wanna go I kinda wanna go to the store in San Francisco when the when the plague's gone. That'd be kinda nice. But uh When I the plague is gone. Discovered that place and just ordered a bunch of like uh, five dollar comics and just kinda had some fun with that. Like the uh Good luck. <laughs> good luck with the plague being gone or with going to San Francisco. <laughs> no. Because Andrew hates good luck going to San Francisco. Yeah, that's the downside. But I also want to go to the Konomiyaki place, which is also in San Francisco, and I want to try it. So one of these days, I'll make another expedition there. Preferably with someone else driving, because boy, do I feel like I'm panicking the entire time whenever I try to drive in San Francisco, which you experienced when we went to that Zelda escape room. Yeah. And I turned into what was, I think, technically oncoming traffic, but there was no one there. But it was like, because <laughs> yeah, we had to awkwardly turn down a hill and it wasn't clear which turn was the turn turn. And I'm like, oh, I think we're on the other side of the road. <laughs> like, so oh, it, was, it was a nightmare of rapidly switching between like one way and two lane roads and up and down hills at 45 degree angles and shit. You're like, I can't tell which way to go. Yeah, yeah. it's not very well built. Even my, and I know it's not just me because I've, I've been there with my mom driving before and she drew, she ran a red light because... They're like, oh, yeah, whoopsie doodle, surprise, the lights are over here now. And like, it's like this, now the lights in the weird, instead of like a bar that overhangs over the lanes the way they normally do, it was like in a weird little pillar in the middle of the divider that sticks up vertically and is yellow for some reason. And like, like fucking you, with you on hmm. like the format of what you think lights look like. It is a nightmare just all around. It's, yeah, it, there's, there's a lot of, I hate the inconsistency of, yeah. uh, of roads in major cities i got a kick out of the uh i got a kick out of just the weird the weird stuff you find when stuff just has like a low barrier to publishing what was it uh stephanie had a copy of something called one million one million Ti tiny fires where there's a uh, a lesbian couple that lives out in like a a farm and they're trying to start their new life there and it's supposed to like re it's supposed to like kind of rekindle things and hope to like fix the issues they've been having and uh, one of them said the one the one that was kind of being aggressive and moody and a problem was suddenly like doing everything right and perfect and aren't they great and but they just seem to kind of vanish into the fields at night and and be covered in blood and so on and it's like and it's like it's because there's like a, there's like an it's because like at the beginning of the uh at the beginning of the book like that person 
uh like essentially like it was like the beginning of eight men in black where like the farmer discovers the uh the crashed like like meteor or whatever and, and gets possessed and so it's like mm-hmm. oh they're behaving better because they're not the same person and this is like a weird like body horror nightmare thing uh mm-hmm. i read sleepwalking which is a bunch of anthropomorphic animals that are like millennials that are basically just they're, they're basically animals for basically no reason they're just they're just a bunch of kids and they're at a party and it's the party sucks and it's just party purgatory and none of them can escape essentially <laughs> uh was it uh stephanie got lorna which is it's like it's a it feels it has a similar like horror comedy vibe that some of the uh that some of the uh the the uh, Junji Ito stories have where it follows this like this mischievous violent girl and the story gets and the story like is sillier but also darker than expected from moment to moment and he's like oh okay someone's just dead now but it but it de- hmm. definitely feels like a like uh improvising and just going just like like each volume is just like feels like it was just iterated on from the previous one just kind of on on a whim and all that uh i i got the uh i think i got the three existing oh yeah i got a you can try again which is about uh this it's about the teleporter problem basically or specifically the soma thing with the multiple bodies mm-hmm. where there's a, yeah. a girl whose job is to uh record life experiences for people to be played back as a video kind of like the uh the things that are in uh uh cyberpunk 2077 which itself is taken from that from strange days uh catherine bigelow movie from the 90s where you report court experiences mm-hmm. and can play them back but like what she does is she like goes diving into the deep and she chronicles like the deep sea and stuff and often gets eaten while she's down there so it's like distressing subnautical horror stuff for me <laughs> we're like no 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 cross with oh, the boy. the uh it's like both at once it's the deep sea horrors of subnautica crossed with the uh who am i and am i even me anymore horrors of soma at the same time because she goes down there and she does actually die but she has a backup each time so she like remembers everything she's like continually being backed up so she remembers everything right up to right before she dies so to some extent she keeps doing this job of documenting this horror because uh because of the fact that like that the edge is obviously taken off if you never remember the worst part each time uh and then <laughs> other people keep experiencing those parts of that that's that's called you can try again and uh what is it i bought the trilogy of books of a uh, of dayglow a-hole which is this this guy there's a porn addicted guy in the post-apocalypse and he's just and there's literally like like a like a fucking like storm of like porn mags that goes across the landscape and he's trying to chase <laughs> it down because if he has like a massive like porn spree he thinks maybe he can like like just like it's like the opposite of going cold turkey he thinks he can like overload so hard that he'll cure himself <laughs> yeah and that's not and that's, that's not okay. actually the plot of that's like the that's like the starting context but it's like this weird post apocalypse mm-hmm bizarre setting that where each volume has like a different uh, plot to it it just keeps getting weirder like there's one where he transforms into a bug and uh, and this uh this uh this porn star from that like the, the first page is uh is a porn star that is about to peg someone and the uh apocalypse happens and, and she dies and everyone dies and so on of like whatever the fuck happened that ended the world 
And for some reason mm -hmm. in this in this chapter, the protagonist turns into a cockroach and then out of a gaping wound in his body, his guts, like gooey gut stuff come out and congeal into somehow a reincarnation of that porn star. And she's like really wholesome <laughs> and supportive. But then she ultimately decides to that he's not savable, savable and he's just got too many wow. complexes and problems. I and mean, she abandons him, even though she was grown out of him. And I'm just like, what the fuck? How do you? Wow. These are both like brutal. On one hand, like a lot of these are going places and they are a trip, but also I'm like, how do you even land on this idea and then commit to it long enough to draw it all out and then publish it? And I'm, like, I'm happy you did, but also, what am I? How, what is this? <laughs> but on the uh, on the somewhat more established indie comics scene, I just finished uh, Thirsty Mermaids and Softies, which I tweeted about. If you want to see preview pictures on my Twitter. Uh, I was recommending those because like those are both really nice in a in, they're both like 200 page things and not instead of like little pamphlets, but uh, really good art and just nice heartfelt character interactions and all that. Softies is about a 13 year old girl who is the last remaining human because Earth just explodes. Hmm. <laughs> it's just gone. Right. And she's the Where one person she, left. Uh, she was in a convenient blast proof terrarium and then gets abducted by aliens and then just kind of goes from planet to planet experiencing what alien stuff is while seemingly not really being bothered by the fact that her <clears throat> that her earth exploded but maybe that's not entirely true and uh hmm. it's just a really good just really just really good comedy and and character writing and just like a, a really fun cast of characters that is like you have like some regulars that are like the crew that she joins and then some that are like the ensemble of each individual like planet that each chapter takes place in. And you just have fun rotating with all these different characterizations and scenarios. And then it has a gut punch coming. And then uh, Thirsty Mermaids is three mermaids who are thirsty and that they uh, they would uh, salvage old booze from like shipwrecks. And they want more, but they keep like losing it. They're like, I have an idea. We'll use magic to become human. So this actually goes back to the Little Mermaid discussion from earlier. Because it's essentially like a... It's like a different take on the, some of the Little Mermaid idea. But these three these three mermaids become humans. And so you have a lot of the fun like fish out of water comedy. Because they don't understand human society. Like there's a little... There's literally a page for somebody where it says like... And then she explained capitalism to them. And they're like, what? That's horrible. <laughs> and they're like trying to get them to understand that they need to get jobs while they're stuck here and so on. But uh, it's like three really fun characters amongst the mermaids. And uh, and also has an emotional gut punch coming. They both they both have a lot of emotional sincerity and some really in some in a few devastating scenes, but also are both really funny, wacky adventures that are just fun to look at art wise, too. And I'm like, this is this is good. I, I I will I'm continuing to be an avid comic collector that doesn't care about superheroes, and it turns out yeah. there's so much <laughs> that you just have to look it, a little harder because no one's it's not being pushed that hard. When you're not constrained by the thought or the worry about whether things sell or whatever, or if they appease the wheels of the publisher, it's just so much yeah. better stuff happens. I follow a bunch of comic creators on Twitter. Oh, yeah. And uh, usually, usually I basically go on a binge every once in a while. I go, I find, oh, I want to see what this person is up to. And then I go to their website and it's like, oh, look at all these pages. Yeah, I, like I can't Soft, name Softies was, one a, of them, though. was a gamble, which I often take. But I knew Mermaids was going to be good because uh, I already read their pre I already read their previous book, uh, Snapdragon, which was also fantastic. 
That was about mm -hmm. a little girl that finds a witch in the woods, and they're like, "Please teach me taxidermy." <laughs> I had to recommend it to. I had a, I had a page where I'm like, "This is perfect, Stephanie. You need to read this because it's like there's this whole page where like, uh, it shows the main character as a little girl like wanting to rent like a book uh, on like taxidermy and animal bones and stuff like that, and like and the librarian are like, "Oh, wouldn't you like?" Like a nice little book for little girls, and then the the, the, and, you know, the mom is the one doing the transaction, and she like looks back and forth between the two of them and kind of grimaces and is like, she'll be taking the book. Like it's like the nice supportive like, no, you don't get to like decide that she had that she has to like follow through the stereotypes and so on. It's like she she cares about bones. This is her interests, and she and we're gonna support this. And it's like, oh, this is wholesome and nice. Yeah. Yeah, that sort of stuff is really important, I think, for all people. Because on the one hand, there's there's the kids growing up that might see that, and that's very important. Yeah. But then there's the, the parents that see that as well. I think the, the journey of, of uh, obviously, I don't speak from experience, but I think the journey for, from what I understand, it's it's about as, it's, it's all new when you're teaching a kid. So it's, it's the ref, a reference point is also very important, I think. Yeah, for how to and softies, yeah. thirsty mermaids, and Snapdragon are also all just sprinkled with like LGBT characters and and elements, and like every now and then it's important to the plot. But a lot of it is just like eh, sometimes characters are gay, and that's like and it's and it's not like it's not like another like I guess Last of Us two situation where it's like this character is like this character is trans and they will be tortured for their transness and so on, and it's like. There's that whole complicated conversation of like, it's like a lot of people think that character was good representation for a trans character, but also they're exhausted by every trans character being tortured for being trans in every story where it's like it's comes like the, yeah. the, the thought process comes from a good from a good intentioned place. But it's just exhausting because it's like having every it's like having it's like having every movie with black people be about the suffering of black people. And it's like that has that discussion has a place, but also like you want to have hope and just feel just normal too and like that's yeah uh, that's always a welcome yeah. thing in fact uh as a fun as a fun little moment there's a was it i think i think in both softies and thirsty mermaids there's a moment where it's you you kind of just they kind of just like uh how do you put it like they it's not like a, it's not like a grand reveal so much as like there's like a just like a there's a there's, a, there's like a line of dialogue in both of them where when you read into it, you're like, oh, hang on a minute. That character's trans. Oh, hey. And like, that's neat. And it's not like mm -hmm. they're not like making like an announcement about it because that's not what the story is about. And like, that's not what the characters like. That's not even what the, the conversation is about necessarily. But you have that one. You have the one moment of like, like, oh, that character named themselves and it's they even said like when you I put the dots together. Yeah. Like you literally had the line like when I realized I was a dude and it's like, oh, that's why they're that's why they're named that because they literally name themselves because it's like a slightly out there name and you're like oh, okay and the, there's just, a character just neat moments like that there's not a whole lot of characters like that in games that i've played but i remember uh sunless skies there's a couple of characters like that there's one in specific that is like that where he's just talking about his binder all yeah. of a sudden and if you like binder is such a specific oh yeah like, like the number that, of people who played dream daddy and didn't know that binder bod referred to like them being trans men using binders yeah 
because it can mean other things it, or anything that binds, I suppose. But uh, in the context, it was for somebody who knows what it is, uh, was it was easy to tell. And it's just a little detail. Yeah. And or, uh, there's another what, character, uh, but I forget. Dragon Age Inquisition. Uh, hmm. Not not Harding. Harding was the dwarf, I think. Iron Bull's like first officer is a trans character, I think. Hmm. If I remember correctly. I haven't played it yet. I will be starting the second Dragon Age pretty soon. Ah. I've never played it. I liked it at the time. People when everyone hated it, and I was I was a little confused by that. I think But it certainly has there's issues. A, there's a I don't know. For me, my perception was always that it's, it's too focused on combat in a way that like it's action action combat focused. And there I might be that, there might be too much combat, but that was also a problem in an origins. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's the thing. That's yeah, exactly. Some people hate the, that it's all in one town, but I thought that was really refreshing and cool because it's like, oh, it's not just about saving the world for once. We have like different problems <laughs> to learn about and contextualize, and we're telling a different story, yeah. multiple different stories, even because it's split into three acts of the that are essentially like the hardships of one town. And I, I love that part of mm -hmm. it. But uh, I, I can also see why people don't like the fact that like it will just recycle the same maps. Like you'll be you'll do yeah. you'll be doing uh, story missions that are side quests that take you places, and those side quests will take you to what is essentially like those random encounter maps that happen in Origins when you're on the map. Mm -hmm. Like you travel from place to place in a random encounter habits that makes you fight in like some field or whatever. Like you will explore yep. like the same cave and the same mansion like five times because they just have you Boy. run through it forward and backwards like Destiny DLC. And that's disappointing. But at that point, I was at that point, I was relatively used to the idea that RPGs have repetitive content and recycle stuff a lot. And you just kind of hope that the story that, yeah. and characters and gameplay gets past that. But no, I think I, uh, I, think, not, I, think I preferred I think two over one at the time, but I don't know if that would still be true. Yeah, people keep saying that the story itself of the second one is better than the first. But the problem with the story of the first one is that it isn't it isn't delivered, or at least I feel that it isn't delivered with an intent of, of you being like, um, ooh, what a twist, or look at this character, I never saw that coming, or whatever. It's, it's more with the intent of, you know, what an RPG should be, which is... Oh, look at what I can do now. Alistair, I mean, you've got it coming. And Most did, of Dragon Age Origins is like a... Fuck, it's Star Wars. It's like it's the hero's journey just as a template. And then they just kind of don't do anything to surprise you along the way. So it mostly is just like they're a, focusing. It's like just trying to successfully launch a franchise. I think, But I think that's because they were trying to focus on, on the choices. There's a lot of options... Later on, specifically, not not early on, which is interesting because usually it's the other way around. Like early in the game, you get all the options, and then later on, it's all rail, rail railroaded. But in Dragon Age Origins, it's kind of the other way around. And I, and yeah, I the, like close, it. I the closer think... you get to your destiny, the more railroaded the story is. But at the beginning, you can literally beat eight different people. <laughs> no, I think in the in the Age of Dragon, oh sorry, in the uh, in Dragon Age Origins, it's the other way around. Like with with Morrigan and with Alistair and with the uh, the other guy that Alistair doesn't like. And um, no need for spoilers. And then after the whole thing, there's it feels like there's there's so many options later on that change the game completely. Whereas early on, it's just side quests. Uh, later on, yeah. it's because it's all about the, the main quest line. It feels it, honestly, it is, it I thought, is so like, cool and ambitious though that Origins opens with yeah. like like eight different oh, yeah, one hour vignettes. intros that completely yeah. like 
they're not massively like de- deep with content, but all of them are tied to either mm-hmm. locations or major story elements yeah. that are going to matter in the main campaign. And that's going to make that yeah. location feel especially relevant to you and more personal. Mm-hmm. And that'll recontextualize it'll recontextualize your choices there, both because it's directly tied to you and because you know more about that kind of yeah. place and there's yeah. more weight to it. I thought it was it was a brilliant game and honestly my it's my favorite bioware game the of the all that i've played so far and it's, i've it's only played neat. the second mass effect in the first yeah the first mass effect is my favorite bioware game i thought on a second place on a because i played it once or twice when it came out i think i might have only played it once i don't remember i think i've played it but like on, five times and on a on a recent playthrough i like i, I feel the story they don't it's i think that they, they don't understand the role of some of their like i feel i wish it was a little bit more star trek than it is star wars in oh, the sense yeah. of the understanding of of uh, of the political nature of the game cuz it doesn't have any understanding of that it's so surface level on on uh the torians for example and their relationship with the geth and um is it the Torians and the Geth, or which one is... It's the Quarians. Quarians, that's the, the one, The yeah. Turians uh, have history with humans, because that was the first contact humans. war. Yeah. Oh, that one is also a pile of of uh, traps. Trap pile, trap pile of spikes? You know what I mean? So it's, just, it's tricky. I just, lo- I just love the density tricky. of, like, when you first get to the oh, Citadel... Oh, yeah, that's amazing. ...and you just get lost in it, but also, <laughs> like, there's so much context, and you it's, walk over into the lounge, and you just meet, game. like, the, the Elcor... And the, um, yeah. God, what is it called? The, the Volus and the Elcor and why they're both just like Volus. the grudge they oh, have yeah, against the... you. And like the Volus is just being a little shit to you. And the Elcor is like <laughs> trying to mediate and be like <laughs> condescending dismissal. And he's like, <laughs> and you're like you're getting this great, this great fully fleshed out world. That's like, it's, it's like, it, it it's might great. not, it's, it's yeah. not like Disco Elysium levels of like perfectly thought out and great, but it's like. It's so it's so good for RPGs and sci-fi mm-hmm. video games in general yeah. of like having all these different relationships between different groups and just seeing how well how thought out and and cohesive the world around you is. And like that's really Yeah. It still is like the gold standard in many ways compared when I when I go on to play a game like uh like Elex or Wasteland 3 and you get to like okay, here true? we go. Here's go to an area. We're going to go to an area and like <laughs> here's your new faction and here's the, like how these different people interact and like how much meat is there and how much is that going to color the context of each quest I do here? And how much is this going to feel like it has larger ramifications throughout the world around me and so on. And it's like, yeah, like you have gut punches when you go to Vermeer and you're like, Hey, that thing about the fucking genophage, it's coming up now hard. And it's like sudden, like the way that, that, that your understanding of the world around you and the the lore that's building up and the and the fact that individual characters you care about are tied to each part of the lore that you've learned mm-hmm. is just so well it's just great storytelling it's a great way to do it's it's mm-hmm. one of the best ways to do an rpg basically i think uh, I th- did you ever play argonauts no argonauts, that, i think that's it's the one it, with you're... the centurion or or like knight uh not a knight but like a roman or or greek like yeah, greek, shield warrior guy on the cover and it's like mostly orange looking yep yep that uh you're what you're saying there about uh, uh, it's, it being a good way to tell a story it is absolutely the case argonaut basically copies all of the storytelling devices that mass effect has 
And it also copies the interface a little and the basic structure of the game. Is that Rise of the and Argonauts? Rise of the Argonauts, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I so some, say, of the, some, of these, some of these games just exist as a fucking like, box cover in my mind for decades, rent-free, with no context. For that game, I mean, the game wasn't particularly great, but... The, for that game, like it works, it 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 comes across. Or if you if you have played Mass Effect and if you pay a little bit of attention, it comes across as a sort of low effort sort of game because it's just it borrows so much from Mass Effect in terms of the structure and obviously not in terms of the setting. But they just use that to their advantage and to just they knew they had a structure because the fact that you go back to your ship and talk to your companions and then the companions that you choose to to bring with you have different takes on the stories that you're yeah. interacting with every time that's just that's fantastic i wish i wish more games oh yeah kept being like you are that you are mismanaging the, your party if you make a game an rpg game with a party and that party doesn't have like different yeah. perspectives on the world from all of each other where every single one of them has to be unique from both yourself and each other and also mm -hmm. they all have like different reactions and takes on each thing you're doing throughout the game and friction with mm -hmm. your, what you're doing and even friction with each other oh yeah the, yeah the, i think that's the biggest fail uh, that's the only failing no not the only failing but the biggest failing of obsidian is that they they never managed to do that even though they're no. so close every time yeah, Why? I played because I've played Pillars One and Tyranny, and while your protect while your side characters don't completely vanish into the background instantly when you get them, they do like it's not much. There's not much to them. Like no, like yeah. you'll even meet a character and you're like, oh, I like this character. I want to know more about them. Like uh, was it Sagani? Yeah, Sagani, the dwarf Sagani, yeah. hunter, and like oh, they're the, hearing about her culture is interesting, but ultimately it's like. You're here to find like a quest. ghost wolf or something, and like that's the yeah. one beat. <laughs> like she has like a the, like all of the companions in that game have like a Mass Effect two style loyalty mission that is like one 20 minute mission that comes up once over the course of like it, yeah. a fucking like sixty hour game, <laughs> and you're like that's they're it, and then they'll never talk. They're again. basically they're basically side quests with a where the people that give you the side quest actually goes with you and fights with you. Yeah, and then they, just, then they the life difference. pledged to you for some reason, even though the stakes are so much <laughs> higher than whatever the fuck they joined you for in the first place. Yeah, that's the other yeah. issue. They, because you don't build that relationship yeah. necessarily, they need to justify it. And it's rough because at the beginning of the game, you have two companions that, of course, get killed immediately because that's what that's that format, just like in Dragon Age. Mm -hmm. Like, here's Kalishka your temporary party and... members. Just kidding. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't remember the name of the other guy. It's Kalishka no. and somebody else. Yeah, I, li I liked her. The, uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, she was great. Colors of Eternity, Mass Effect, Dragon Age, like they just love to be like, and here's your temporary party, they're dead, because you always got to be like <laughs> the guy that survived this thing. Uh, in, yeah. in Mass Effect, one of them's literally called L Jenkins, as in Leroy Jenkins, and he charges forward and dies in the first cutscene. That's a mm. that's a choice <laughs> in Mass Effect <laughs> that happened. Uh, <laughs> but I don't uh, I don't know who Leroy Jenkins is. I'm sorry. Oh, World of Warcraft. Yeah, there was a oh. massive. There was a World of Warcraft meme that's one of the oldest and most one of the most prolific early internet memes to some extent is this uh, very popular YouTube video or not a, not even YouTube video I guess but just video that got around a lot where uh, the joke is that you know like you gotta like every World of Warcraft boss fight or major encounter like everyone sits in a room and like the guild leader or raid leader or whatever like slowly explains like what to do and what everyone's going to do and what their responsibilities are and we're going to go with their plan because you know it's difficult and full of teamwork and a lot of foreknowledge of what you have to know in advance to succeed 
and like one mm-hmm. that's right when the sky is right in the middle of the sky explaining everything the uh the, the person you see is just a they're they're sitting they're sitting down on the ground afk so they're not listening to this entire thing because they weren't there and he clearly just like sits down at his computer and his character pops up and he's like all right let's do this leroy jenkins and he just charges into <laughs> the next room without uh, any of the context and he starts the encounter prematurely and and that and all that happens like, god damn it leroy Oof. and his final line is like at least i got chicken the uh it's just a weird thing, but it's like it's 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 pretty it's pretty reasonably funny, and it's like a thirty That's, second random thing, and it was that reminds me oh, it was of, everywhere. Earlier today, I was watching one of your videos where uh, where you were playing Sonic Boom with Andrew and Brian, I think. I can't Joe. recognize the voice. Joe. Joe. Um, and uh, you were talking about uh, about uh, Borderlands and talking about how it's basically, I don't know what what it is but you were talking about it's it sorry oh no go on uh we were talking about borderlands yeah Uh you were talking about how it's the 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 jokes are all about this one series or this one thing and i don't like i played borderlands when it came out but obviously being completely oblivious to everything i didn't know the context so all the references that apparently are all over the game went completely over my head (laughs) well it's uh uh, there are a lot of references but it's also just a lot of like lol random meme humor Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of exhausting. Uh, like I, it was written by Anthony Birch, and that mm-hmm. that actually piqued my interest because like I I loved Hey Ash, what you playing? Uh, but it's a big thing to be like, hey you guy that made one web series for a few years with your sister, uh, be the lead writer for an entire AAA RPG. <laughs> uh, and so he just like he just had to, and and then also like the context is like be funny because it's a comedy uh action rpg looter shooter thing so he's just you know just kind of writing a bunch of jokes essentially and then also the main stories like story and it's just a lot it's just obviously it did not translate well for me despite even being a fan of the comedy of the person who made it in the Hmm. first place because yeah it's like it's just like silly nonsense shoot me in the head shoot me in the head shoot me in the head and then shoot him in the head and he's like ah you won you shot him in the head it's like oh See, it's for like me, that, like, it's like that moment from Portal Two, but bad. For me, like, it's me playing the game is just like, oh, it's a thing that I've never seen before, and it's not good. Well, at like, least it doesn't yeah, sound good. When I see stuff, I'm like, oh, I get what he's doing. Because it's like, oh, you see a guy and he's yelling, "Shoot me in the head!" And the quest is called "Shoot me in the head," and the objective is "Shoot me in the head." So then you shoot him in the head, and then you win for shooting him in the head. I'm like, oh, it's the part from Portal Two, because in Portal Two, there's the part where you fall into a trap, and Wheatley is like, mm-hmm. "This is the part." where I kill you. And then the title is like chapter, whatever the fuck the part where he kills you. And then it's like in the bottom right corner achievement unlocked the part where he kills you. And it's like, that was them. That was an, an, ex, an execution of that joke that, that worked in the moment d- doubled by the fact that it's so hyped up and you, and you instantly subvert it by just, you know, puzzles platforming away and escaping his trap. And then he's like, Oh, that, um, Oh, I remember uh, that bit right at the beginning. You weren't supposed to just like survive that. I don't know what to do. Like he's doing like his witty, like Wheatley improv-y dialogue and so on. And then like, and there's so many layers to it. Like you can walk away and then come back. And then he's like, oh, you're back. Uh, Don't suppose I could just convince you to like, like just, just jump off (laughs) to your doom or, oh, wow, he actually did it. (laughs) Like there's so many like weird branches to the dialogue there in a Stanley parable sort of way. Like it's earned so Mm -hmm. much more than like, than Borderlands just being like, isn't it funny? Your rocket launcher shoots dogs out of it crazy and it's like i, I, hate, I, hate, I hate this game 
<laughs> and like they, they they have a character like Handsome Jack that like is just the repo the genetic opera guy like with the whether he has the face stretched over his face. And like I've already seen that character in Reaper the Gen- Genetic Opera, so that was a little iffy to just put him in your game. Uh, but I'm like, okay, I, I see where they're going with this guy. He's kind of funny. He's kind of charming. Like they can go places with this. But then he's just like, he never shuts up, and he's never that funny. And it's too, it's too obviously like internet memey, silly, wacky humor of like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, this is my new diamond encrusted unicorn. I'm gonna call him Butt Stallion. He's called Butt Stallion for the rest of the game, and it's like this isn't this isn't oh, working. I remember the Butt Stallion. This game's just not working. It's just not. So I can't. I can't. It's just. <laughs> is it supposed to be a reference to something? No, it's not. It's just, it's just constantly baiting to be like a meme mm. every few minutes, basically. Like he's trying to. Um, he's, they're trying so yeah. hard. They're trying too hard, basically. It's like that kind of yeah. humor where he's like, okay, s- chill. <laughs> Please chill. For me, it's so hard to be a funny video game, though. Oh, yeah. The problem with video, funny video games is that the pacing is everything in, in comedy. And when the pacing is the person you're telling the joke to, oh, yeah. it's going to fall flat. It's just, unless you take control oh, and you have yeah, a cutscene no. or the dialogue. Yeah. Like there are games that like there are games like Psychonauts and what that have genuinely made me laugh, but I mm-hmm. I, I I hear my like I, I and people keep asking for them because they think it's funny or they like it and it's fine you can like whatever you want but like I hate playing uh fucking point and click adventure games where literally every observation and interaction is supposed to be a zinger joke and it's like oh, not, yeah. and it's so like exhausting not only is it none of it not only is it is like it's basically never my sense of humor but those games never shut up it's so much and i'm just like yeah oh god i have to listen to 25 bad jokes to solve this one puzzle i don't want to this this is why i play wadget eye games because they're the serious point and click games and they can be they have they have to have like a comic relief character but they're not like trying to be a joke a minute because those exhaust me yeah there's yeah. movies like that as well, where they yeah. they need to Sonic underline every serious moment. There's there's gonna be a movie of Borderlands. The best uh. kind of humor <laughs> is Hollywood humor. Ooh, they just at this point they just boy. hire the same actors each time too. Aren't two of the Jumanji people in in Borderlands? I think so. Yeah, I think it's Kevin Hart and Jack Black. Kevin Hart is like a bad sign for a movie. Uh, <laughs> it's not it's not a reassuring moment it's kind of like uh what's it called um i mean who's if he doesn't uh, like eddie murphy when you see eddie murphy mm. you're like all right this can go one of two ways this is either going to be really funny or really fucking boring like it's it's either like oh he's shrek levels or he's haunted mansion levels and you're like what the fuck is this why am i here please end me <laughs> Is he like okay? what am I? What do we do? Yeah, like why did you? I get people work to make a paycheck, but like, please don't. Did he make this movie at gunpoint? It it feel it's like when there are is comedic this, is actors. Is this Adventures of Pluto Nash? So so specifically, when there are comedians who turn into Hollywood actors, there's always this huge divide where you're either like you nail it, like you do the Robin Williams thing where you're like, wow, every time you're in a comedic role, this is fantastic, I love you, and then your serious roles are kind of hit or miss. And then you have the others where it's like, okay, you can do some pretty serious roles, but your comedic roles don't work as well as your stand-up roles do. So, like, maybe you should only do stand-up comedy and not movie comedy. (laughs) Like, that's the... I think... Movies are better suited for situational comedy rather than character comedy, just because of the length. 
Like even especially for oh, stand up yeah. people, they probably have a, a lot of trouble just Well Again, it depends on like how good the person the comedian is in their improv game. Like a lot of the reasons that com- yeah. like comedy movies that have Robin Williams work is because he literally is good at improv. That's like a thing that he's good at. Whereas mm-hmm. not all comedians are good at improv. Some of them need to write jokes, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But yeah. it means that yeah. like that's why I mean, the I, Ghostbusters I doesn't work comedies. as a movie. It's because you have because Yeah, I like the Yeah. I prefer as improv, well. I mean I can appreciate a comedic character or a comedic actor. I mean, the first, as far as I can tell, the first Ghostbusters are like really scripted and the remake was very improv and it was like, I hate this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's that's what I was trying to say is like, this format you can't, let's get some SNL actors together and have them just like hang out in a room for half an hour and, or or two hours and we'll pick our favorite three minutes. And that's the scene. It's like, it's like watching, it's like, it's like let's players. (laughs) <laughs> you just put them in a you put them in a room and they like bait a bunch of scenes and they they just they just added a highlight reel of the best moments. Oh yeah, like, yeah, let's play. That ten minute video mm-hmm. took six hours to make. Mm-hmm. Like, I, no, I want, yeah, I want I Edgar. I want Edgar Wright. I want tightly scripted shit that like had, where the the jokes are sharp, but also the whole thing is just sharp in general. And it's just a really tightly well put together movie that rewards watching over and over again, which I will do when it's actually a great thing- movie. That's exactly the point. Like movies that are better or comedic movies that are well written, they not only do they reward you on a second watch because you notice more stuff and you find it amusement out of other things that you didn't notice. But like even after you come out of the movie theater and you just think about the movie, you just enjoy, you just get some laughs out of it. I, I remember having yeah, at least one movie like that. <laughs> I don't watch. You watch, you watch a movies. Paul Feig movie a second time and you're just kind of bored. You watch a fucking Edgar Wright movie for the sixth time. You're like, oh, fuck, he did that. I never noticed that before. <laughs> yeah. There's... Like, the Paul, like the pub crawl at the beginning of the movie is actually the same pub crawl they do in the rest of the movie. But like specifically, each of the names of the bars reflects the plot point that happens at said bar. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, you have like the Jumanji movie, which... <laughs> I think its best joke was about being allergic to bread. It's just so obvious I won't like certain movies in advance. They're getting really they're getting yeah. so good at advertising comedies now that I can already tell which ones I won't like in advance. I've never watched like Jumanji or Sonic the Hedgehog or so on because I just know like I won't want to be there. I I watched Sonic God, I, with I, the I, with I, the ugh. assumption that it might be bad, but <laughs> there's this one sliver, this one like potential universe where this could work because you have the right dice you have like all of the correct dice here all you need to do is just lean far less into yeah. the trope i love the first the guy sitting in a car yeah like first jumanji Which is great. why not a lot of it's a horror movie <laughs> well yes it's, a lot of the well, first jumanji is techni- fucking scary <laughs> technically jumanji is an isekai movie um, <laughs> it's kind of a reverse isekai it's a, it's no. a post isekai movie. Well, how is what it is not? How is it not an isekai movie? It's Robin Williams literally gets transported to another world. Yeah, but then, in the, I'm saying like it's a it's a post isekai movie. Oh kinda like yeah, like, well, kind of like how there's like post apocalypse and there's post post apocalypse, like the part that's after yeah, the yeah, apocalypse. Yeah, I get what you mean. Like Robin Williams yeah, isekai yeah, takes place is after the camera, yeah. and then he comes back, and that's the movie. His isekai mm. is leaking into it's, the real world. <laughs> I was gonna say it's kind of like almost a weird nega isekai because like the 
the the isekai world is leaking into the real world yeah uh so it's technically the isekai the the, the other world is coming into it's, the world it's devil man cry baby it's weird but <laughs> uh yeah first jumanji is a fun a fun bag there's a lot of like ridiculous shit in jumanji um but i i was hoping that sonic would be more into that i was hoping that it, they would lean a little bit more heavily into like the cartoonish angle and not the human like not go the transformers route where you're like look at these really ridiculously stupid fucking robots wouldn't it just be funny if for like for an hour you watch them talk about stupid shit while they turn into cars yeah. sure hmm. but instead it was like what if you just watched people talking about stupid shit for hours and sometimes robots fought and it's like I, no i don't want of, that i don't want that fascinated at all by people's media literacy like i've uh there was viral there was viral pictures going around on Twitter uh, that were like uh like bystander like film production photos of the uh the Sonic sequel being filmed. Yeah. So they had like the mm -hmm. they had like these stand-in yeah. models of the three of Sonic Knuckles and Tails just being like they're just like standing around like like paper mache creatures basically and the number of people in the comments that just I could tell like like there's a specific way they're written or sometimes they're just really blatant about it. I could just tell they couldn't they didn't understand that like in the movie the creatures are CG and they don't use any real life thing and the thing that you're seeing in the photo is not in the going to be in the movie like that's not <laughs> it's just a stand-in model. Like it's only there what? like it literally just yeah. exists so people can like look at the right height to, to be looking at where Sonic's eyes would be and stuff like that. So Wait, it's not, so people it's thought that, that was literally what they were gonna look like in the movie. I was, I, I, I can't, I don't have it open right now, so I can't like contextualize it. Did very they not well, watch the I, first movie? I was shocked by how, <laughs> like, how many people were clearly not understanding how movies were made, and I was really, it was really interesting seeing the layers there. Because yeah, the the goal is just to not be a situation like poor Ewan McGregor having to duel General Grievous, and as they showed like the behind the scenes, he's just in a fucking empty green room looking at absolutely <laughs> nothing. It's like it's like oh god, like how they whippity 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 the sword, the blades like inches from his face, and he doesn't even flinch because he can't he can't react to it because it's not real. It's being added afterwards. Yeah, that that's uh, that's definitely something that. It seems that some actors are better than others at dealing with is the lack of something to react with. Well, it's also the directors. Like, people, somebody has to tell them yeah. what they're even reacting to sometimes. Like, oh, yeah, the, the animator's going to do this. And it's like, sometimes it's so clearly just a guy standing in an empty room. And then the, the animators go fucking whole hog into animating the fuck <laughs> out of the screen. But it's like, the guy's just kind of there. Like, I hate yeah, when that's... the prequels were bad at this where they had a... But a lot of movies also do it that I know of, like, a, like the god... the the King Kong Peter Jackson movie. Uh, I hate it when you have actors like avoiding like some kind of threat, but it's a CG threat and they got to like dodge out of the way or dodge through something. And like the animators go so heavy that every fucking particle of the screen that isn't that character gets obliterated. <laughs> like, and they're like, they're, like, they're like, no, no reasonable human would have ever like perfectly survived that situation. Like, uh, I think Clone Wars had Padme going through a weird droid smashy smashy factory area where every single second like seven things could have killed her and uh in uh Peter Jackson's King Kong there's like a part where there's a stampede and there's a stampede of like dinosaurs or mammoths or something and like 
already you're like how the fuck are they not getting stomped on and then they like then they, like they all crash into each other and all the dinosaurs like fall over in the stampede and every like like every inch of the screen is crushed and you're like how are none of them getting hit like what the fuck like like everyone's just fine and like i, I it takes me out of movies yeah, that so just, hard that just takes all the stakes out of it because you know there's they're basically superheroes because it makes the, like, it makes them all look like cartoon characters yeah yeah, it's like every time if a, if, if, if a if movie pulls that once for the rest of the movie, I'm gonna be like any any action scene whatsoever. I'm like, okay, wake me when it's done yeah. because it doesn't matter. If the and screen looks like a Looney Tunes cartoon, then that, I don't yeah, believe there's any stakes because yeah. I assume they're all just gonna flinch. Yeah. They're just gonna flex off anything that happens to them, like Looney Tunes. Well, yeah. that's the. I mean, that's my complaint about the Transformers movies. Is like yeah, they're just that. It's is just, definitely that problem. Yeah. It's just fucking noise. Like you could tell none of these people are reacting to like literally skyscraper sized robots running around shooting missiles. Because I oh, yeah. I don't think people would be calm in that situation. No, like, that's well, terrifying. It's, also like, it's like why I don't yeah. care about the ending of like the ending of most Marvel movies, especially and been and like the the first ones and especially the kind of pre MCU ones were especially bad. Like the the first Hulk movie. <laughs> Where like they fight in like a lake against a thunder Even god the first or whatever Iron the fuck Man was happening. Was like that. Yeah, you remember the? Yeah. Remember it was the, just like a like I'm the, gonna build an Iron Man that's the size of a fucking building, and it's like yeah, what? he fights super <laughs> like, Iron. What? He fights super Iron Man, <laughs> and then like both Hulk movies. One he fights some. He's like a CG Hulk fighting in a lake, I think, and the other one was CG Hulk fighting a red CG Hulk. And it's yes. like it's it's like it's like Wonder Woman, the ending of Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, the first movie, where it's like. Oh, some guys, two CG people are going to punch each other a bunch of times. And then suddenly one of the punches is going to win for some reason. And it's like, sometimes yep. it's like 10 minutes long. And I'm like, I just fucking just tell me when it's over. I already know who wins. So like <laughs> the stakes aren't there, but also it's not interesting to watch because it's completely fake and not even especially creative in how fake it is. It's why I'm cool with fucking Guardians of the Galaxy winning by dancing. Because like, what, you want to watch them fight? It's fucking boring. Don't waste my time. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> like might as well do the dance do the dance and then the friendship hand, I mean, hand holding that explosion sounds, that <laughs> sounds so sad because there is good ways to have fight scenes like you can yeah. have interesting oh, yeah. fights actually full like, of good fights but like but i don't and find scenes. that's the thing though i honestly don't find superhero movies to be uh no like good battle series they're not be inventive really and interesting fun. to watch from like a combat phase, like yeah. Sits, yeah, like the close quarters Captain America elevator scene is better than the endings of most Marvel movies, as far yeah. as fight scenes go. Well, and that and that scene is just, you could still make that better. There's like yeah. better versions of that exist. It'd be like, better if he wasn't watch... a superhero. <laughs> well, yeah, it'd be better if it was like, or you could just watch Old Boy, which is the hallway bad. scene. Yeah, yeah, like. The hallway scene, the the hallway scene, scene that they tried to like, desperately chase every season of Daredevil. <laughs> oh Daredevil God. tried to have the hallway scene from Old Boy every every season. It was really, it was kind of funny. Like like there, some of them were okay, but it was it was really blatant. Not even the remake could recreate the the hallway scene from Old Boy. <laughs> I mean, or you could just look at like the the hundred man fight in It Man, like. <laughs> That's fantastic on how to fight a bunch of enemies at one time. And that was the whole plot of, of the first Avengers movie. Was that like this horde of this army of enemies were coming in? But like at no point did it feel like they were fighting an army. It always just felt like, yeah, they're just punching some people sometimes. And they're just off doing something else. It's like, it's what? Did he, what? <laughs> why? Why did? Why is this a threat to New York? I don't get it. <laughs> 
it's i don't know i don't I, yeah in any case the point was that the sonic movie had this opportunity that it had a good character and it had a good aesthetic view so all you had to do was just make it so you kind of slowly cut out this really bad portion of like man takes animal anthropomorphic animal to place on a car trope and like if you could minimize that and and increase a lot more of the cartoonish fight between robotnik and sonic you could have had a really good movie yeah. like i mean you look at you look at but, the the quicksilver scenes from the x-men movies and then the other quicksilver scenes from the marvel movies and then the the flash scenes from the dc movies and so on like it's it's at, at this point it's a trope that whenever people do a fucking the, the speedster does a slow-mo scene scene that the audience eats it up and it's their favorite thing of the entire movie it's like they talk about it more than the fucking <laughs> vader scene from rogue one so you think that something like sonic the hedgehog would be kind of a slam dunk especially since those are all comedy scenes yeah Yet i haven't i literally have never mentioned it heard heard anyone talk about how cool that slow-mo comedy scene from sonic was it's boring it's so boring it's not interesting there's no weight there's no stake it's just a fucking nothing sandwich it's like oh no sonic is like that's that's all i know about the cider cut practically is everyone's talking about the fucking hot dog scene from that the that the flash does I, I don't even yeah i don't even know no but there's a scene with there's I, a scene where someone is some kind of crisis is happening and he uses his speed to like save whoever it's like a save the cat situation where it's like i think it's near the beginning of the movie where there aren't really stakes yet so it's just like a random incident happening and i think mm-hmm. he saves a lady but also he like goes back to save the hot dog it's like oh no can't waste the hot dogs and i think either he either either heats the hot dog or he feeds it to a dog or something or like he like does there's a hot dog scene he, he manipulates it in mm-hmm. slow motion basically yeah yeah okay. kind of like those uh all those scenes where you like the slow-mo person will like spot like oh these bullets are headed straight for that person so i'll just like flick them out of the way and slightly rearrange you so you're over here and da da then it goes back to yeah, normal speed so and, done in in sonic it was not like i mean that. how was that uh <laughs> what was yeah. that how was that on a highlight how was that on a highlight like that has just been done so often, though. Yeah, they're least, just, I think like, they're just nothing. I think they're just fun to look at because it's got that uh, that like the appeal that those like old Matrix camera tricks had, but also they're like playful scenes, so they're just kind of fun. And it's kind of like mm-hmm. at their best, a lot of these movies are playful. So that's just kind of the energy that a lot of people are there for in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it feels thing, weirder like, when you're watching the grim, dark, black and white Snyder cut of a movie and it does it. You're like, wait, what tone are we going for? This is the movie where Superman wears all black, right? For we no reason. Do a black and white cut of a movie. <laughs> of a superhero movie. Yeah, of a superhero movie. You're on Schindler's like List. <laughs> yeah, like they're... they're he like wants cinem- it to be, though. Cinematically. But then just make that. It's not like anyone's stopping him. He doesn't have to make a superhero movie. He had like all these years before the Snyder Cut came out. He could have just not gone back and done that. He just didn't have to. There was no need for (laughs) him to make a superhero movie. But he still wanted to. That was a lot of money in it, apparently. It's a a bit of a vanity project. And it's also a bit of like a kind of like fixing a thing that was like a regret. Because he didn't get to like finish Mm -hmm. his movie. And like he lost somebody, wasn't it? That, that, that stopped being the 
uh, he well, didn't yeah, do the original he had to step movie. Off. Yeah, yeah, he, his uh, I, think like his, a... I think his daughter died. Yeah, and so yeah. Uh, yeah. so I was all so I maybe said, it's Will, also Will related. Whedon. So I mean, uh, Joss Whedon came in and finished the movie up, and there's a lot of controversy about that stuff, and it's just like I I get the idea of like working on a movie for like. A lot of them, like at least, like a lot of them, are like take a year or two, and it's like it's a big project. Yeah. So like, it's just nice to know that somebody got to go back and finish their thing, or do mm -hmm. a version of it. Because obviously, he didn't really finish it. Like, because like, it's it, that implies that it's that what we got is the thing that he would have made originally, which is definitely not the case, because like, it's such a specific weird niche thing, and it's also like obviously a response to like years of criticism of said movie. So like, it can only it, it, they can only fix certain things if he already saw the complaints about them the first time and specifically chose not to do them so like anyone who thinks that this is his original vision or i don't know naive <laughs> or dishonest but like that's definitely not what happened i think they're naive we did not we did not get the original yeah. snyder cut either not that it existed well, no because it's not like he's gonna make a whole new movie yeah. Yeah. like the original Snyder Cut only so genuinely much he didn't do. exist, but also like you don't come back in 2021 and finish exactly what you meant to make in like 2016 or whatever year it was. It's like you you make a you're essentially making the 2021 idea that you have now. Yeah, knowing because like, knowing not only that you're basically been fired from DC and don't get to make any more movies after this, and also that <laughs> people have had criticisms of this thing for years, so you have things to respond to. I also wonder how how fast do you think these people grow when they're in this level of di directorial leads, basically? Because, like, for How for fast do they grow who, as in, like, how much did he improve in those years? N yeah, that too, I suppose. But, I mean, like, even in terms of, like, his per like himself as a person... And his ideas and his his uh, opinions and all this sort of stuff. How how do you think that they they ever can grow? Like because they are basically like, movie can directors. Can become a better super... person or a more interesting director or something? Or it, just I mean, change sometimes because you, you might you might make a movie into like if I made a movie. I mean, I think he's still a randy and objectivist, maker. so he shouldn't be making any yeah. superhero movies because it's know, countered know, but... the entire premise. <laughs> Yeah, yeah the, but that that part aside, I mean, like, because I look at myself, if I made a movie in 2016, it wouldn't be anything like what I would do today. And I assume it's, it wouldn't be anything like what I would do in five years because I, oh, I know no, myself. I was uploading I Sonic Boom this week and I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> like there's, a, do you think, there's some highlights what? I liked and they made me laugh and so on. But there's like, like every single second, I'm just like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. And I'm looking at myself. <laughs> Stop Jeez. talking. Why are you talking so much? Why did you think that thought needed to come out? <laughs> I hate I that's hated, how, that's... I hated listening to seven hours of twenty fifteen or fourteen me. That's that's me though. I feel that way all the time. It's the I, hardest I don't know. I hurdle it. to edit is I have to listen to myself and I don't wanna. <laughs> it's I'm why I desperately yes, like it's thing. a reason why I desperately try not to edit like much. <laughs> I try I try to if anything seems like it needs editing, I try to do it that day based on memory because i don't actually want to mm -hmm. like rewatch anything and have to deal with myself you need to do what i do and then don't listen to it you just go for it by the cuts yeah i mean that's that's, dan yeah. that's dangerous i have some weird editing mistakes in the old days because of, because i was doing a little too automatically like uh like i would episode cut 
I would, I would, I would start and end each episode where I first and last talked, but sometimes there was a, sometimes I had like hit, hit record, but like conversation was happening or like the, con- or like the episode oh, ends yeah. with like dialogue, but then I didn't say anything at the end after the dialogue. So visually it looks like the episode ended like a few minutes ago and I could edit and I could edit there, but actually the characters talked for a few more minutes, but I just didn't really have anything to say. So I just cut the episode so like in the like mm-hmm. the, i think in disgaea 5 there's like an intro and outro conversation of every single level and uh the, 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 there's like one or two times where i just accidentally skipped some of them in the editing <laughs> because mm-hmm. i just thought the episode w- didn't start around there and i was especially back then multitasking editing and recording all this stuff while working a job yeah yeah whoops it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely something yeah we all um, make mistakes womp. And they yeah. stay there forever because we don't take them down. But yeah. to answer to answer your question, I don't think Snyder has changed at all in uh, mm-hmm. the time between he started the movie and when he finished it. Uh, he doesn't really change much as a person or as a director in general. They're, most of his movies are not great. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a. I liked. Um, I mean, there's perspective like changes that might happen when you lose a family member. Yeah, well, that's only what happens to like good artists. Not to like that, that might that might affect artists. on some level how you process writing stories about heroes and so on, which itself is wish fulfillment. When you're kind of I, when your traumas and wishes kind of change over the years. I don't know. Isn't he, I, isn't he kind of said to be like you're at the top of your career, you're a super important person in your field, and everybody knows about you, and then you don't grow. Uh, wow. <laughs> I mean, wow. I think you you have a bigger you have a like. I think oh yeah, it's a lot different. Conf- it's a lot more difficult to grow for his, sure. I, I think you're inflating his value a lot more than it actually is. Like, oh no, I think I, I don't, he's a I don't super well known director. Yeah, right? but like, I, I wouldn't consider Zack Snyder like one of the greats. Like, I don't think anybody no, no, would, would be like, oh yes, this uh fine. I'm not uh, saying that director. His, his cult I'm, following I'm, certainly thinks. Like they're really obsessive I'm saying on that. that. Yeah, every everyone's I'm cult that objectively, following thinks that, but that doesn't mean anything. It's valueless. I'm I'm saying that objectively, he's at the top of his career, and like, and any director would would do a lot of things to get to where he is, right? Well, so yeah, from but that I don't. Pers- but I think the difference is not a lot of directors would do what he does to get to where. For he sure, is, for sure. Which I'm I think is the important is- part. Like a lot of people did what Hitchcock did, even not even just to mimic him, but because the things he did were really good. And like he might be, he's, he's, probably, he's actually probably done with his biggest years as far as fame goes. Yeah, probably. Because like, yeah. like Zack Snyder movies did all right, but this like obsessive fandom didn't seem to exist until he was like the singular poster boy of all of DC, and he has not been mm-hmm. hired by them again since Justice League, which happened a while ago now. So like, there's yeah. this blip of him editing, like re-editing and redoing like that movie essentially as like a minor like special feature on HBO thing on HBO plus or max or whatever. But uh, like they've made, they've made a bunch of DC movies since then. And there's more in the pipeline and none of them seem to feature Zack Snyder at all. And so like, I think his big, mm-hmm. his big fame years are over. I don't know. Maybe we'll get sucker punch too. <laughs> <laughs> I still think sucker punch is I... his best movie. I, I mean, like it. Sucker probably Punch. is. But if it had done better like instead of being Punch. a giant flop, which I think it was, uh, maybe we'd have had a genera- a decade of like kind of fun Zack Snyder movies instead of exhausting, grimdark ones where Superman's the worst person ever and so on. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I just it it's weird to me to think. I don't know. It just it's weird to think that this was such a in demand. Uh, yeah, the internet ar- like, I, culture around it helped a lot, I think. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it. that's usually how it works. But it's just it's funny to me when I think about the I guess the majority of people don't care. It's such a moot point. They, it, you know, it's just more con- it's more content to consume. It's there's they have no stake in it. Like, I doubt I doubt my grandparents give a shit about Zack Snyder <laughs> or even know who he is. But if no. something showed up on like their but grandparents aren't really watch it. marketable. No, but I'm saying that but the I think the average person is just going to watch something if they're interested in it and less about like the director that directed it. Yeah, yeah. the director's I mean, yeah. And, and so like necessarily so the when I think about, about it, it's like if you talk about any the, kind of following or fandom, then then you re- compare it to the average person, it'll always work out that way. I don't know. I think there are I think there like Steven Spielberg would be a director that I think the majority of people have like some kind of intrinsic trust in, even though he made yeah. he's made bad movies. It's the, it's just it's still the household, like, household name. Basically. Yeah, like there are household name directors, uh, but it, it, yeah, like I'm, what I'm saying is like I don't Zack Snyder's just not even close to that. It's not even like a, no, no, a no. fraction of that close, and so I don't I don't even know how the I don't I'm baffled the stars even aligned to give him this chance to remake a movie, but I'm more baffled. That people thought that anybody could have thought it would be a good movie, like it's just it's it's such a weird disconnect to me to think <laughs> to have like I any th- positive feelings about. I think the guy's he was in a pretty high abilities. place after Three Hundred. Oh, I'm sure because Three Hundred th- did well though, right? Yeah, like did Three Hundred led the Watchmen, office? which was itself was a DC comic adaptation, and then that leads directly into him doing all these DC movies. We're still dealing with the consequences of of three hundred doing well, essentially. What Which a was terrible! Shit. What a terrible course in history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's hard for me to get over in th- in movies like three hundred and whatnot. Just how like never for even a moment does it feel like it, there's you're watching real pl- people in a real place. Like the it movie like... is so deeply artificial looking that you can't even believe they're not just on like a soundstage. Like they, it just <laughs> looks like they're like a YouTube video where everyone's green screened in and they're all like, like it's, there's such a heavy, it looks like they're like, this doesn't look, this doesn't look real. So we put 500 layers of artifice over the screen to hide how not real it looks like that's essentially what it feels like. Yeah. It's like the, it's the dinosaur walking in front of the car in Star Wars. You're yeah. like, why? Why did you do this? You didn't fucking... It's fine. It's fine oh that it looks janky. That really was his like, career. It's okay. Yeah, his yeah. first movie was Dawn of the Dead, then 300, then Watchmen. It was that quick. Yeah. And then oh since God. then, like after Watchmen, he That's... made the weird CG owl movie and Sucker Punch, and then he's just been doing DC movies just well, continuously. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad that they haven't hired him back. So hopefully that he can just go and not do those anymore. He's got enough royalty maybe, money. to Maybe get, it's a to curse. <laughs> like, he's he's finally been freed from the curse. Yeah. Well, like, like he doesn't make good superhero movies. So like just free him from the curse. If you take him Cause away. Because he, he just did like superhero maybe. movies from 2013. And like he was working it before then too. All the way up till Justice League came out in 2017. And then like, he's has just he made a of... good superhero movie. Like no. just like Watchmen wasn't good. Neither was Superman. Neither I was Justice Watchmen, League. I have only watched it a couple of times, and I I think I watched it in the cinema. 
and uh, I watched the director's cut. For some reason, I mean, it's it's good in terms of like it's it's a good lesson to learn about. Oh, you can lose like someone like this is what happens when someone doesn't understand uh, the the metaphor of your 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 story. Like, yeah, it's a great yeah. example I, I, of that. But oh, he's got a movie called <laughs> Army of the Dead coming out in like two weeks. I think what? maybe maybe directly to Netflix, and that's the first Zack Snyder movie since 2017. Hmm. Direct to Netflix. <laughs> it has that. It has what's his face in it? Dave. John Baptiste. Dave something. Is that in the, in, oh Dave? But Dave Batista, not John. yeah, Dave Batista. <laughs> in today's day, it isn't the same thing anymore, is it? Direct to video sort of movies. Uh, or stuff going straight to Netflix, you mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, that's just, especially this year, but like, it was already yeah. going towards being like, these are just serious movies and, and they're not just like the same thing as like a directed VHS Tremors sequel, although some of them are literally that. Uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, there's, it's, there's more wiggle room now where it's like very, like high budget, serious movies that not, and i don't mean like serious in tone necessary but like serious and like scale and whether or not it's not just a b- shitty b movie or whatever uh mm-hmm. pretty solid stuff comes out directly like like i think we saw that one like everyone seemingly watched like bird box and bright as they came out mm-hmm. and it's like which aren't great movies bird box is better <laughs> yep. bright is terrible but like the scale and the hype that centers around some of these movies, and the and and then the more that happens, the more they feel safe putting a lot of budget into it. Uh, mm-hmm. At this point, yeah, like some of the best movies come out directly to streaming, and you just have to like kind of notice. And uh, there's some good shit as a result. A lot, a lot of cool indie stuff that I've had a great time with, which was a lot of my list when we made our movie list at the beginning of this podcast series. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, it was it was well timed the fact that. People were figuring that out for a while because this last year, that's what filming and releasing of films was like in 2020. Any movies being released uh, were just mostly just being released directly to Netflix or HBO Max or whatever streaming service. Basically, just out of like panic of just like, uh, uh, we're going to make some kind of money, right? Like uh, maybe... And there was like a series of experimental, how... like, can we get away with this? Releases. <laughs> I haven't watched a, a movie, like a new movie on my the cable service or whatever it is in a while. I wonder how it is, though. Like, because it used to be that whenever the DVD went out, it would be all over the the world, sort of, or released it'd be, by it'd be region. TV edited. <sighs> but the thing is, the thing about streaming, though, is that if you if you on demand video is is always very staggered like even netflix here in portugal is very you know like we don't have the same shows there's there's shows that that are mostly there but that like especially the old stuff tends to be there but new stuff takes forever to get added so i wonder how it is with movies cuz a new movie comes out even like specifically in the in the theaters a new movie comes out everywhere in the world yeah there's a lot but of weird confusing net- release things like uh what is it I had a day where we watched like we had we had like a binge day where we record, we watched a bunch of videos on other on other people's streaming services. So like, oh yeah, I'll watch that. I don't even have access to that normally. And we saw like Mortal Kombat and the New Mutants and so on. And uh, yeah, I was noticing that like 
on there, on like, fuck, there were so many different things open that I'm losing track of them now. But I think it might have been HBO Max or something. They had like the new Mortal Kombat, not Mortal, uh, the new King, Tom- King Kong versus Godzilla movie. And it was like, it had an expiration date. It was like this, like you buy it hmm. for full price to watch it. And it's on the service until like that day. And then it's leaving. And I'm like, what? Like, what it? Isn't it your wow. movie? How does this work? Uh, and it's like, is that like it's theatrical run? Is that the implication? Like it's going to be on streaming for this many weeks at full price. And then it's going to go away because of how the contracting works of how theater versus eventual home video release goes. And then like, is it going to come back like two years from now as a streamable movie? Essentially, like, is it going to be like the weird <laughs> cycle that it happens normally where it's like first it's on first in theaters then it's on home release and then it comes out on streaming eventually except it first was on streaming because that was also because theaters were streaming and then (laughs) comes back like a year later like what the fuck is the system now that sort of stuff really puts me off like like people are so used to seeing their money just basically taken away every month by whatever thing they want like it's it's the subscription model really at the end of the day it's it's just it's scary like we we used to be able to save up and buy a thing and then we would enjoy it for however long we wanted it and uh it, whether it is it's a console or or with with games or books or or uh what or music or whatever and these days it's just it's not yours you just pay for the privilege and so anytime you want to stop like Imagine I buy music every month and I pay 10 bucks every month. And I say 10 bucks because is that still what uh, Spotify charges for their premium? Uh, n- most most services are now 15. Hmm, okay. Uh, but imagine I, I spend 15 bucks every month in buying music, which is about reasonable. And uh, and just I just listen to it and I rip my CDs into MP3 or WAV or whatever. It's that, probably OGG. And, and just enjoy it. And then... Suddenly, I I'm I don't I don't have a job or I need my life situation changes and I can't continue buying music. I can even sell the music that I own. A lot of people did that, and I got a lot of music yeah. because of that. Or potentially just uh, keep it, and you're like, oh, or I just keep and stop. music. Yeah, and stop stop buying and just enjoy the ones you have. You can stay like that for years. Yeah, like, like the idea that if you if you lose your income, you can essentially lose the entire conduit yeah. to all existing uh, entertainment media because. You yeah. don't get to keep any of the ones you've watched and seen the way you used to when you bought them. It's just, it's super scary. Like, because it, it is the normalization. Of, oh, yeah, for sure. But you could always do that but with, no matter what <laughs> what uh, business model. The thing is, it's not, sust- torrents are like a personal choice thing. It's not a, like, for sure, it's an option, but. Uh, legal or otherwise it doesn't that's not the point my point is that as a society people are used to they have like not only it's like it's 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 fucked up (laughs) i think it's i don't it's it's weird because like i uh so like take anime for example anime when you stream anime it's actually the worst quality you could watch it in um Hmm. Like anime is made in a weird way that like you actually want to buy the DVDs because that's where the that's where they go back and actually fix all the problems because otherwise mm-hmm. you just have yeah. uh, like so if you str- like say you stream Attack on Titan season one that looks like garbage it's really actual just like hot garbage uh, because it wasn't finished it was rushed and they just didn't have time to do a lot of fixes yeah that happens a lot unfortunately 
Because it's uh, the published to TV the yeah. deadline, basically. But yeah, so there's a. But if you if you watch the DVDs, they do dramatic changes, and they release these. You know, they release the DVDs like months later. They come in like separate packs because they're supposed to be this horrible buying scheme to give as much <laughs> profit as possible. So like four episodes are on one disc, and then four episodes are on another, and so on. Um, mm-hmm. It's you're, just not, like, you're not crazy, by the way, audience. There is a mysterious voice in the background. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> there is. Um, sorry about that. The uh, but yeah, so it's it's that yeah, so that uh, oh. <laughs> it's the ghost of Attack on Titan. What the fuck does that mean? I don't know. It's just it's the just ghost telling of Attack us the story. Telling the, the audience, audiences don't care. Time. Audiences don't generally care about audio uh, quality in general. Uh, they don't care about quality because like, I, I always think well, about like the- that funny thing where uh, I think Donkey revealed on a podcast that like he didn't know how to record in any quality better than 480p or something. So he was just recording everything in 480p and, and rendering it in 1080p and nobody ever complained or noticed but that's like, video that's forever. video yeah audiences i think audio is way more important than no video. i meant to say audiences not audio like audio audiences don't really care about quality so like that's like like streams just kind of won out even though on like on many streaming platforms oh you can, i see you what can, you mean right right you right. can only stream in like 720p even even like in many cases your screen mm-hmm. your, like your tv is getting only 720p like and i've known forever yeah. like no one really cared because like you go to your fucking parents <laughs> house and like they don't even have their pl- their hd stuff plugged in correctly or like they have like the hd they have a giant hd tv they spent like a thousand dollars on or some bullshit and it's set up in this giant entertainment center with a sound bar and all this other stuff and they're using the fucking first hundred channels on cable instead of the like big numbers that are the hd versions of those channels like they're mm-hmm. still watching this the sd uh channels and they're still watching dvds and so on despite having yeah. this massively expensive tv to like stretch out their low quality video they're watching all the time <laughs> and yeah like uh i like i just i just uploaded 720p videos for a very long time because they're one fourth of the video data of a 1080p video and mm-hmm. uh, I need, I needed to be able to render so many videos every day to keep up with like my schedule and so on until until I, until Vegas actually got up, updated to have GPU accelerated rendering so it'd go faster. And that's when I started doing 1080p 60 and so on because uh, mm-hmm. I, I just literally could not render that much video and upload it with with it and also still have time to record and do other stuff with my computer in like the 24-hour cycle like that just didn't work i'd have to <laughs> yeah. have like a render farm or some bullshit and like yeah there's a, no a lot of people do that oh, not, not when, I, when, I, when my whole channel went up in quality no one said anything <laughs> no you never got a single comment no one even noticed that all my videos suddenly went up from 720 to 1080 one day like well, no one no one I'll cared I have, uh, so I don't use, uh, all my screens are 1080p, but I never maximize YouTube videos, and I yeah. watch everything on 480. <laughs> I just watch all videos on 480p. Just, like, half these people are watching it. stuff on their phones anyway, where they, they can't exactly. fucking tell the difference between 720 exactly. and 1080. Their phone's fucking four inches wide or less. Like, In fact, recording, recording at a lower resolution, I mean, actually, if you played at a lower resolution, it could be better for, for people watching on their phone or on smaller screens because the text is bigger and the icons are bigger. But it's not usually that isn't a, a, a possibility because games just 
don't oh, support I, I often like to scale up the text size or the UI size when I can. Oh, I do that as well. Yeah. It's, yeah. One, it's one of the things I, I hate the most about uh, playing classic PC games is that mm -hmm. their interfaces will be fucking tiny. So tiny. And if you watch like <laughs> anybody playing those games, they leave the interface tiny. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Scale. You got to scale <laughs> that shit up. That system shock, yeah. that thief, that other games, like you got to make those all got to make all those interfaces chunky again. They, they like, yeah, like a GameCube game and so on. Its interface is often a little much because they had to make it readable. It's much because of the TV with how blurry and small the screen yeah. was back then. So like you can go a little, mm -hmm. you can definitely go smaller than many console games were in the 480p era, but definitely not. Like, you definitely do not just, like, launch into a PC game and then, like, your whole interface is a series of tiny bars and squares and, like, Ten the, pixels the fucking... at the end. The, like, exclusively <laughs> in, like, the, the... Like, if you had a picture frame, they'd be in the frame part of the picture. Like, they're all yeah, thoroughly exactly. away from where your eyes are ever looking and you can't see it ever. It's like, no, 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 that's, that's got to be fixed. Uh, yeah. I, I, I hate it Some when I can't fix really... that. Morrowind in particular is the one that comes to mind of just these just tiny little icons. Like this is it, uh, unusable. It's it's a surprise that we can. I mean, it's not a surprise, but it's a blessing that we have that we can stay still play those games. Yeah, twenty or thirty years ago. Hell, I'd, I'd turn up the UI size in World of Warcraft because World of Warcraft always tries yeah. to like, like oh you're, you're you've got a 1080p screen it should be this resolution i'm like no it shouldn't <laughs> like it shouldn't <laughs> it wants to like i don't want to fucking like get eye strain trying to read text in this game it's like that's all the time yeah i want to be able to see things the, the point i was trying to make though is that like a there's there's a there's there should be an obvious understanding that streaming media is uh, a quick ends to a means but it's not supposed to be the actual best way to ingest media. It's just supposed to be like, oh, I like it's just easier for me to get it this way. But if you if you're looking for quality, then you should always be buying the physical of something. Um, mm -hmm. And games, movies, music, that's never changed. Like you should always be buying the physical releases of something if that's or for you know, games. Like, I think for games has changed. Uh. I mean, but okay, so you could buy the digital version, but you need to buy it from a place that's either like a mega monopoly that will never die, or you're buying that Even with if the, it is you're a buying mega that well, you're buying that with the risk that you know that you never own it. You literally never get to own yeah. that video game. And and again, some games are some games cannot be played without getting without being updated. Like there are physical games like mm -hmm. Uh, like No Man's Sky, which you literally cannot play in the disc form. Like, how do you just play that without internet? It's not possible. It's a shit game. But which uh, is unfortunate because in many cases those are old games that don't exist anymore in that state, and so it'd be neat yeah. to have an archive. Like, oh, I could play OG No Man's Sky and see what that was like. Yeah, and yeah. like so, Some but, so that's the thing it. is like there, there's a weird it, it's it's a weird type of media ingestment, and we haven't like. We so far we have not run into the issue of oh no what happens when it's gone. Uh, we like well we have in some instances like recently Sony has uh, actually that, that that was a big a big kerfuffle last month uh, when Sony announced that they would be closing the PSN thing. Yeah, for, they uh, canceled that. But Nintendo's Nintendo's already done this they, multiple they times now. I believe. Oh yeah, so. they canceled it. Was terrible. It. They canceled. Uh, that's good. 
Oh yeah, no, but, I was like, only Nintendo's I was only a few was years I was I was only a few years late to playing Wind Wanker and Wind Wanker, uh, Wind <laughs> Waker and Twilight Princesses <laughs> HD versions, and both of them constantly hook into a fucking Miiverse that already doesn't exist. And like yeah. soon enough, that will have been dead for longer than it was ever alive. But and like so. It, like they might be HD or whatever, but like immediately both of those remakes are more outdated than the things they were remakes of. Yeah, it's like but the, which but is both, it's like the original games are just fucking they're just encased in amber and will always play exactly like they did originally. But the remakes are are now old and defunct already. <laughs> it's it's weird, uh, but I it it's funny to see. Wow. Uh, I just find it funny to see stuff like that with like uh, media specifically where you you know there are a lot of features disney's disney plus is pretty good about this uh sometimes netflix is too about showing like behind the scenes content but there's like a lot of stuff you also just don't get access to ever that is just it's content that exists that is for you but you can't watch it because it's not being streamed on the service that you're watching it from like Every so so like a good example is every uh every Disney movie has a behind the scenes thing like for the animation shows you like oh this is what we did this is the concept art blah 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 but like you have to hope that your the streaming service shows that stuff because otherwise I think you'll, you'll never see uh, that like that's just content you'll from, never see I think from a pr- preservation uh, like I say this and. Uh, while I while I uh, majored in archaeology, I'm not a particularly uh, I'm not particularly preoccupied with preservation as a principle, rather as a concept is very important. Obviously, we need to preserve things that we have and uh, and that are important to us as a society. But as a like when when it comes to a movie, like whatever movie it is from Disney or whatever, using your example, I think it's very important to preserve it because. It, it's so important to so many people and and obviously was influential for art and a hundred years or 200 years or a thousand years in the future having access to that sort of information is going to allow people to have a better understanding of where we come from as a society and where the medium comes from and all that sort of stuff and we but the, we squandered our growth potential yeah that's kind of true uh <laughs> you know what i'm i'm actually not i'm what kind of mean? opposed to i'm kind of opposed to like physical media let's get rid of it i don't think we should have any historical records we both fucking major in these things and we're like you know what we should be let's players instead of we could have been having a fucking channel like dr mike and legal legal it's like a geologist and an archaeologist react to breath of the wild no. is oh that's not Nobody accurate blah, 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 blah. those those do <laughs> great do that. those videos do I great do. those do great you're not clickbaiting Michael. it right you have to, it has to be a react video I complain about the plastic just, skeletons like every how, chance. Yeah, but that's just an Arando thing. You're making a Let's Play still. So yeah, like, no, like, like, it's like fucking Corridor Digital and like the rocket jump people or whoever, whatever amalgamation is in that thing. Or they're like, ah, animators react to the new Godzilla movie and so on. Like, that's a, that, that, those do great. <laughs> I wonder if there's yeah. a channel that's dedicated to an IT professional reacting to compu- like fake computers. Oh, there absolutely. is it's that channel. Or it's like real hacker reacts to, or like no, real, no, but real, I mean like real inmate and real computers? guard react yeah, to orange is the new about black like, and so on. Like <laughs> I'm talking about the computer systems in Mr. Robot. Yeah, not like that though, because like Mr. Robot's a bad example. It's trying to be realistic. <laughs> yes. 
I'm talking about like fake computers, you know, like like when an Xbox prints a text document and yeah, in, like in whatever or like true back crime to drama the, that was. Uh, yeah, or like back. Well, no, no, because again, that's real. That's like pretending to be real. Uh, or like CSI really is supposed badly. to take place in. Re- well, yeah, but it's supposed to take place in reality. But I'm talking about stuff that doesn't, like fantasy or sci-fi, uh, like those bullshit. kind of computers. Yeah, yeah I really like got a you kick take out the, of, uh, I was watching New Mutants. Like, the, like the operating system for Aliens is a DOS-based operating system. Yeah. Really? Fucking, you're going to run <laughs> an entire, an entire, like, space empire on DOS? How the fuck do you even send files? It doesn't have that functionality. Like, what? Like, send, how do you, watched, what does even send mean? I don't know. Well, I mean, like, it, it doesn't have, it, it's... <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's so basic. Yeah, it's, it's like, the, like how have... do you send? How do you send a picture in a non-gooey setting? You can't. <laughs> like that doesn't work like that. So like Is DOS that, couldn't. Uh, you it would have to relay ANSI. Like you, you would have to, yeah, yeah. or you or you'd have to do like a lit. But it, then that would be Linux, not DOS, because Linux yeah. can do pictures, but DOS cannot, and it's a DOS-based operating system. So like mm-hmm. what this is a terrible idea. How do you honestly, view anything? <laughs> like, but honestly though, I uh, the problem with the. I I feel that the problem with those channels is that either they're really focused, like for example, um, Legal Legal does no, that every once in a while. They're just boring. Yeah, that's they're the just thing. boring if, channels. Unless, <laughs> unless the channel focuses on like Legal Legal does with just legal issues, and then every once in a while it goes and oh, this movie over here isn't it boll- bollocks? Let's go back to talking about politics, and um, and unless it's like that, it's just boring because it's it ends up being cinema scenes, and then I always feel like legal no. evil only works in the context of hey, could you explain like a real legal thing going on right now that I don't it's understand? Fun, it's a fun formula. Like, yeah. Admittedly, that I don't works. Doc, I enjoyed it but, more with Doctor Mike because Doctor Mike would just kind Dr. of Mike's say insightful well. things about weird medical shit, and it's like, oh, see, that's actually like that's exactly how that works, and they'd add like additional context to it and so on. And then other times you just like chest compressions, chest compressions, chest compressions, and so on. And it's just like, oh, I'm like, I'm kind of learning something. Like, admittedly, legal stuff is way more boring. So I just prefer legal legals videos that are actually <laughs> about stuff. But uh, no, actually, I actually unsubscribed from Dr. Mike because uh, there was a controversy with uh, like he oh, has no. all this COVID coverage. And then he was like doing this like maskless bunch of people party in the middle of the pandemic and was a huge hypocrite. No. And then he when he when it, when the controversy came at him, he like. He like squand he like sequestered away a little like no comments, no like bar apology on his like second or third channel where most almost nobody that follows him would ever know it existed. And I only mm. found out about it like like a, like months later from a third party because he'd hidden it from his main audience so hard. But I'm like, this is I don't I don't like watching your videos anymore, really. If you're gonna keep talking yeah. about like what to do during COVID when you're like blatantly not doing any of the right things yourself, and it's like, come on, man. Supposed to be better than that, but uh, no. Yeah. On the uh, on the stupid computers topic, uh, we w- I watched New Mutants recently, and like I was so taken aback because it's like a 2021 movie. Admittedly, that one got delayed a lot, so I think it might have been made years ago at this point. But it actually, I actually liked it a decent amount. It was, it was a fun movie, uh, better than probably most of the recent X Men movies, which isn't that that much of a bar, I guess, because they've been really bad lately. <laughs> But the fucking computer, I, I couldn't I, I couldn't accept that a 2021 movie computer was like this. But like it was like a hyper stylized, ridiculous, glowy, like bunch of neon bars and text on a black screen. And the text is so big and so stylized. And like 
they, she like opens she's like opening up an email it's like message re- receiving message and like a little you, bar is like slowly filling up for like 10 seconds yeah. it feels like i'm like oh my god it's going so slow and then it's like oh. a series it's like the somehow that for some reason like a fucking like like a movie or like video game interface thing it's like it's like one bar is coming in one bar of text is coming in at a time to dramatically reveal the message and then within then the last one's like big and red and so on and i'm like what the fuck it's an email like why is it why does it look like a fucking well, it's like, an email from your grandmother it looks like a 90s wait, wait. movie like security alert and it's like a it's just a fucking email from her boss what the fuck like it's why is the email of dramatic timing like what is this it's like those, those chain it's those it's, chain emails with a gif i hate where, that where stuff. it's like I hate it so it much. Was, it, was, it was really distracting. Or a PowerPoint thing. Like, it, it takes literally, literally zero seconds to record a screen. Like, just record a fucking screen doing something. No, that's the directors like, usually. It's I imagine so easy. anyway. There's, or the producers being little... like, we need to spice this up. And it, but yeah. that's not our computers. Every, are. But every movie goes through, like, at least, like, somebody has to work on CGI for something. Like every movie has some level of CGI, even if it's minimal. Uh, like the person who did that computer screen had to have fucking CGI'd it. It had to have been like a green monitor that they overlaid the oh, graphics yeah, on. Like every screen so in like, the movie is fake. Do your fucking yeah. job right. Just fucking of, make also it because look of lighting. right. They just can't it's, have. It needs to be well, fake because yeah, you can't record. But, with the but I'm saying, but. It, it can be fake, but you can record real footage to put into that fake computer. Yeah, for sure, for like, sure, for sure. You don't have to do this, like, the, weird what, what cartoonish I'm is, shit. What I'm saying is it probably, they do it on purpose. They, it's not like... Oh, I'm sure the, they do. It's the, cheap, it's easy, and it's infuriating. But, yeah. like... If anything, they might be, yeah, they might be taking the piss of people watching and be like, yeah, look at all those nerds complaining that this it, isn't Windows or something. But it's just it, it it showed to me this moment I see that it's like oh I'm just I don't I, your respect is gone I I don't care yeah, how good your movie I is I just don't respect you you don't have the you don't have the <laughs> care to put into your world that this computer system isn't something made from like the fucking dark ages all right yeah, li- sure think, yeah by think the way I'm, I'm not like a- her uh, did you guys watch her uh, where uh, yeah, there's no. this uh, operating system that is basically an AI and uh, it's got like all this beautiful interface, minimalistic and all that. It's basically an operating system, but the, the, the graphics look pretty neat. Now imagine if that were what you saw in that movie. All I know about the same is movie, everyone has just, a shell phone that's never addressed. Oh, wait, that's not uh, I think that's, that's just the fo- I think that's it follows. Never mind. It follows. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. There's some movie where everybody has a shell phone, like it's a shell. Oh yeah, and I've everyone seen, has that. that, and it's never addressed. It's just a weird fact of that reality. SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> no, I think it might be either it follows or her. I'm not sure. I've only seen it. Uh, no, it's so not it's her. It follows. It's not her. They might have. Yeah. They might have like special kinds of phones because it's in the future. I don't remember what it's, type. It's but really when you funny because it's just it's a it's a fucking it's a horror movie where like an STD monster chases you. That seems to be entirely normal modern day with no changes. But everybody has a shell phone for some reason. <laughs> it's so weird. And it's never addressed. I mean, that's, it's not important. It's such a weird, like, that's fucking better. with you thing. It's, that, it's yeah, weirder, that's better than, it's weirder than if I tell you that it, that's a common phone in, like, everywhere but the U.S. Like, surprise, well, everyone's been using shell phones all the time. Uh, flip We're phones. not talking about, like, clamshell phones. We're talking about a literal seashell. 
Yeah. No. Right? Wait. Yeah. What? Yes. That's what I. That's why I'm saying yeah. shell phones. I thought. You, yeah, yeah. I thought the, you were talking about the like the flip phones. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, no, no. Flip phones. They have like actual the whole, fucking they have, like, shells. Living, like they pull out. They're like living upon. <laughs> Like they, they just pull yeah. out like a hermit crab Everyone shell just pull, and just yeah. hold it to their ear. Everyone just pulls out a shell, like a nice little, like one of those like nice even shell station style, like like clean shell shapes. And it it almost looks like it'd be like somebody's like makeup kit in a mirror. Mm, no, that's yeah, makes sense. <laughs> they all have that's, one. Yeah, that's and really, it's never addressed by the film. And you're like, what? It's like a I thing that's like just, that. it's like, it's like the movie's checking if you're paying attention or almost. But I found a, by yeah. the way, I, I found a kind of interesting and I don't know, I'm not like an expert on this kind of thing and I don't have much perspective, but uh, like seems like something to give kudos for is that uh, X-Men, not X-Men, The New Mutants is like about mental illness and it's about an asylum, like a in that kind of place, but it's not, it doesn't do either of the go-to things where it makes, it doesn't demonize mental illness and make it like this evil villain monster thing the way that you know the joker does for example uh and mm -hmm. it also or it also doesn't it also doesn't fetishize it the way a lot of other media does uh and it also doesn't make do the thing it falls into the trap of like making the the concept of a mental institute like a horror location that's out to get you and, and it's like uh, and like that usual thing where like someone gets trapped in a horror asylum like they kind of sidestepped all the really obvious exhausting tropes and instead they they tricked you they tricked you because we're, we're, what the movie's really about is that everybody, all these kids have some kind of past trauma and specifically the newest addition to this location, uh, her ability is that she makes people's uh, deepest fears manifest in, in reality. And so that what hmm. happens is like there are a bunch of people that are like, they're kind of, it's like Breakfast Club a little bit where these characters are, these young people, these young adults and or teenagers are stuck with each other in a place and they just kind of have to interact with each other and they don't get along that much but then they go through shit together and that kind of builds a bond between them but in this case it's their literal deepest fears manifesting in reality uh and that's the premise of the movie i'm like oh that's fun that's an interesting idea that's that's better than i thought <laughs> yeah. it was gonna be because i was like for like i feel like for a year now i've seen new mutants floating around and i'm like that looks like trash <laughs> i don't think i've seen anything about them or about it because but i will say movie. motherfucking Arya stark from game of thrones turns into a wolf in that movie that's her power that's and her fucking that's pretty good the wolf she turns into is like gray but every time the cg fur comes out of her neck and shit when she's transforming it's black i'm like incorrect <laughs> <laughs> bothers me <laughs> wow why is the why is her like morphing thing is it why is it a different color than the wolf she turns into <laughs> Maybe it's some uh, excuse about how wolves have multiple coats or whatever, and like those are all technically yeah, actually, different colors or something. So maybe it makes sense, but it, gray, intuitively gray it doesn't foxes, make sense, and it bothered me. <laughs> gray foxes do have that that sort of uh, coat, yeah. undercoat that is black. So every time she transforms, like, that's the wrong wolves. color. <laughs> they they're, they're, I... went to zoologists and asked, "How should my werewolf behave?" <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure they just didn't know. Uh, There's somebody else who worked on the animation side yeah, who didn't probably. know that it was supposed to be gray, and they just messed up. And or maybe the class ain't gonna pay. Them. Ain't gonna pay to fix that. That's too expensive. If it if it's like props or, or or makeup instead of CGI, I mean they can always change it in post. It's kind of, I mean you never know. Sometimes props just don't work with the cameras. Yeah, really but I'm weird. saying like I feel like if you make a mistake for a for a show it's a lot 
harder to find the money to fix it than it would be uh mm-hmm. in like oh, a yeah. movie it's for a show yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's a lot better than mortal kombat mortal kombat was not great well no why would it be <laughs> it was it, it wasn't even that fun it's yes it's really why would it be it's a, it's a fucking fighting movie yeah, but it's not a, but, it's not like a martial arts movie so it like doesn't the, actually the pre- have good the previous fights. ones are it's like just famously a, fun to people they like they're, they're fun with it but the new one is just so i <sighs> they tried to I, be serious about it oh i think a lot of that is like nostalgic i mean all the of them the original- all of them were like a cheesy version of taking themselves mostly seriously but obviously kind of aware that they're a mortal Kombat movie and this one's also like like people literally like will fatality someone and be like flawless victory and stuff like they literally say the lines from the game sometimes so they're being cheeky Ew. about hmm. that but also like no it's just it's just they they made i think they made up a new character to be the protagonist or he's someone i've never heard of and he's just a fucking wet piece of wood <laughs> like he's just nothing he's so fucking boring wow and the whole thing has this like it feels like when you take a fantasy novel that's like 800 pages long and you adapt into a 90 minute movie and everyone's like so like so much of the movie is like it's like aragon or that one mars john carter of mars movie where it's like the whole movie's exposition and re- and it's like fast exposition <laughs> and it's so it's like major story beats are just happening so quickly because every single story every single scene just has to get shit done like somebody changes teams every other scene practically and it's like and there's like no it's so abrupt like it's just like one conversation and like oh yeah no i will work for you just like that and uh <laughs> most fucking damning is the fact that like it's all building up to this conflict between the good guys and the bad guys basically but like the bad guys infiltrate the good guys hideout and like attack them and you're having your your lowest moment in the story where oh no our most promising person is dead the mo- the, mo- the most likely person to win the mortal combat for the good guys and we've lost our place and oh what a bad place to be in oh no and then it's like they're like teleport into a void have like a 30 a second conversation then immediately teleport to all of the bad guys that are now all over the world for some reason in separate locations and they just all defeat them like there's such a whiplash between the lowest point and the victory that it's just immediate how, you're like you're like wait what how do you how do you mess like, up a pra- tournament art they practically one up they got to re they practically just respawned and fought them again <laughs> and then the one <laughs> and then won the second time with almost no change and then, and then like it's a whole movie about people like because if, if you have the mortal Kombat like brand that makes you you the chosen one to be forced into the tournament you have to, it's like this big like training arc to try, try to like unlock your secret power that lets you that'll help you win the tournament and like so everyone's training for that but then motherfucking sonya gets her brand in like the final part of the entire movie and instantly uses her power and i'm like what the fuck how do you just the whole movie is about how hard it is to like unlock your ability and you just instantly the moment you have it you just got it like what is this bullshit and uh it's also not a tournament arc because it's a pre-tournament arc because they're they're sequel baiting for the tournament in the sequel what it's the movie is not a the movie Every is about how this game is about a tournament. Yeah. How do you I'm, even have I'm, there's no I'm plot besides I'm that? I'm literally explaining it to you. The uh the but movie is the movie is about how there's a tournament that determines the fate of reality and if Earth Realm loses one more tournament then the Shadow Realm will completely take over forever and so on. And so they're building up this tournament and what's happening is that the Shadow Realm people are cheating. So they're trying to assassinate all the Earth Realm people on Earth before the tournament by hunting them down. And so this is so this movie is just them trying to not they're trying to unlock their powers and not get killed 
and they do basically Wait. still just win and kill everybody but then they like, don't even Sh- do Shao Kong or combat? whoever the guy is it's like I'll still it's like I've got more dudes though for next time and so like I think the next <laughs> movie is this, the tournament with another cast of evil dudes what okay alright sure doesn't sound, I don't know that doesn't sound particularly outlandish to me that no, sounds I'm not, I'm not bothered fucking by, awful. I'm not bothered by that idea. It's just the whole movie's bad. I yeah, don't. For sure, for sure. For you're really not, sure. not going to write a good story. Every character makes combat. stupid choices every second while the combat's not like that great. And it's yeah. just like, but more than anything, it's just that it's a really not that complicated movie that for some reason needs to have like 60% of it be it explaining its own plot. And <laughs> it's like, that's, oh, yeah, God, this is so much exposition. That's what I mean. Like, I don't know why you need to do that. Just every, make them every fight scene each felt, other. Every it's scene fine. felt so rushed. Is it such a hurry all the time? Like, I, I, I mean, think they, the, have, they have to do know, the exposition. Yeah. They don't have time for the rest. <laughs> what drove me fucking crazy is they established, like, we got to hide you. We got like, whether you're going to be good at the tournament or not, we got to take you away from your family because they're going to, they're like, they're, they, they're like tracking your mark and they're going to hunt you. So you got to stay away from your family because they'll be in danger. And then they're like, I'm sorry. he's like, he has this like sad moment. Like, I'm not good enough. I can't unlock my power. I'll never unlock my power. I'm sad. And Raiden's like, okay, then go home or whatever. And he sends it, gives him a portal to go back to his family. And immediately his family gets attacked. I'm like, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? You still have the mark, you dumb motherfucker. And then it's like, but, but of course, I'm like, I'm like, I wasn't fucking born yesterday. So I'm watching this movie. I'm like, oh, I get it. It's the protagonist and his family's threatened. So he's going to unlock his power at the last second to save his family instinctually and then that happened i'm like cool i've seen movies before uh, thanks mortal Kombat. no nobody yeah. saw that coming and his power's I mean, stupid <laughs> he just renders like cords of like golden looking cable all over his body as like an armor and he fights him with like bladed tonfas and i'm like we didn't even establish you know how to use tonfas what the fuck and he just like immediately <laughs> takes out Goro with fucking Tonfas. I'm like that you're, you you've been a box you've been an MMA fighter this whole time. All you do is punchy and kicky, and you and you were specifically bad at it. You were the lo- one that loses all the time. Where is this Tonfa skill coming from? We never established you know how to use Tonfas. Why is your secret ability creating Tonfas? And like <laughs> every, like and like their abilities are so weird because it's like okay, Sonya shoots like a Vorpal shockwave thing. Uh Kane, 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 uh, Metal Face with the red eye guy. He shoots a laser out of his eye. Kane, Kano, Kano, Kano. Obviously, Scorpion has a grappling hook thing that he shoots out. Uh, Sub Zero ices people. Like, okay, these are so far more or less making sense. That one guy sh- throws his hat and as a disc that spins. I'm like, okay, that's yes, weird that it, it's like an outside. De- like everyone else has an elemental power. I don't know why your your power is like. That's from the I fourth my game, hat I think. Especially like that guy is a little yeah. weird. No, but no uh, what gets weirder is guy who manifests okay. armor and tonfas for some reason, and even weirder <laughs> is Jax, whose arms get frozen off and broken off by Sub Zero. Then they give him shitty mechanical arms that aren't very helpful and they're not doing a good job. And then, as far as I can tell, him unlocking his power in the movie is when suddenly his shitty mechanical arms turn into super buff arms. And then, and then Wait, they what? just permanently become super buff, like jacked arms. And that's his, as far as I can tell, that was him unlocking his power. His power is that the, the, uh, the augment, the, the augment that already existed on his body suddenly became a different augment. And I'm like, wait, what? 
what are the rules behind I, these brand powers because like i thought i had it down when it was like here's the ice guy and here's the fire guy and here's the laser guy and the vorpal shockwave person but now i'm really confused <laughs> like there was literally like a t like everyone else has a obvious reveal scene of like oh that's their power and it, and, it, and it clicks and you're like i get it but like literally 10 minutes after jax's power unlocked we were like wait was jax's power that his arms got buff <laughs> and we're like and everyone's like yeah <laughs> It was just laughing about it. What was Sonya's? She shoots these purple like like shock waves that looks like it looks like the like the stun she, gun. It's like it looks like when your phases are on stun or your guns are on stun in Star Wars. It's like the rings that shoot out, but they're purple. Oh, okay. She shoots like purple rings out, and they pretty much just like delete people. <laughs> like someone gets gored by them, and I'm like, oh, that's her power. She literally gets she literally gets her brand. And then goes to a place, uses her power, kills somebody instantly, and then is basically never seen again in the movie. It's like there's like a fucking five second between there's like five seconds between her gaining the brand and instantly killing somebody with her power and then being out of the movie, essentially. <laughs> like it's so rushed. Impressive. It's I, it's, I don't it's, I, that movie's in such a hurry. Yeah, I wouldn't expect much out of a Mortal Kombat movie, but wow. That yeah, sounds I, bad. I, my expectations were low, but holy fuck. I love I love yeah. that. That image that sounds. That anyway, sounds guys, terrible. this has been dialogue choices. <laughs> it's time we need to wrap up for a variety of reasons, really. Yeah. Uh, you can send your questions to dialogue choices podcast at gmail.com and we'll answer them next time. Uh, there are a couple of them, but not that many of them. So get them in quick. Yep. Get on with it. See ya. <laughs> Bye. Bye.